He's like, he tells Seth Rogen, hey, don't tell her about the cancer, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> Your impression of Sandler should be animated. <laughs> Welcome to Sincast, presented by CinemaSins. Alright everybody, welcome to the Sincast. This is Chris Atkinson from CinemaSins, joined as always by the voice of CinemaSins, Jeremy Scott. That's me! And from Music Video Sins, Barrett Share. Hello! Hello! Wanted to talk to you about the Patreon that we set up just a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, this is exciting, guys. We have a Patreon page. Now, we've been talking about it on the last couple of podcasts, but it was at the end. Uh, So just in case you didn't hear, just want to let you know that we've started a Patreon account uh, where you can sign up to become a patron of... Uh, things like the Sincast, TV Sins, Cinema Sins in general, and also to get perks as a member of our uh, universe. Um, there's perks about getting stuff early for all of our content. There's perks of being a wallflower. Mm-hmm. perks of being a wallflower. There's ways that you can help control our content. Actually, you can suggest mini pods that we can do, uh, maybe some videos that we can do. There's a stretch goal about doing a video mashup. There's all kinds of crazy stuff there's you can do. There's perks and recs. There's perks yeah, and recs. That's Actually, right. what happened is we read a book called How to Promote Your Patreon for dummies and it said don't put your patreon announcement at the end of your two-hour podcast <laughs> put it at the beginning where people are more likely to hear it um but i also want to tell you we're doing a monthly live video hangout yeah for baby. the how's the peeping tier of patrons uh the first one was uh, like 10 times more fun for us than we were expecting <laughs> not that we were expecting it to be boring um and i have since bought a ukulele um, with almost the express purpose of bringing it <laughs> to the live hangouts. Um, I am uh, excited to learn how to play it. I don't know how to tune a ukulele. I don't know how to play a Are ukulele. Are you going to tiny Tim us on the... Uh... I'm going to tiny Tim, Tim you. I'm going to... Uh, what I'm going to do, what I'm hoping to do, is bring some of the hardcore, like Rage Against the Machine music <laughs> to the ukulele cover scene that I think is missing from that no i just i, I don't know what's I gonna do happen. that my point is i had fun <laughs> i went on amazon i bought a ukulele who knows what i'll buy maybe i'll buy a santa hat maybe i'll buy a giant floppy dildo i yeah. don't know but you never know what's gonna maybe happen all three but be- it's gotta be floppy <laughs> floppy indeed mm-hmm. because hey it's alive yeah that's right you never know just by the way speaking of dildos i saw <laughs> <laughs> i saw a headline on deadspin about ref kicking a dildo off the field at the bills game last oh night. yeah 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 and somebody in the comments said hey rod gronkowski has a name damn it <laughs> <laughs> yeah apparently that's uh a thing that buffalo bills fans do when the patriots are in town yeah they that's, throw sex toys hilarious. yeah yeah it is hilarious that is pretty hilarious <laughs> it's also hilarious that 50 cent bought out two 200 seats at a Jaw Rule concert just to fuck with him. I know. <laughs> just so they would be empty. <laughs> anyway, you can see all the stuff that you can get as a patron. So go to patreon.com slash cinemasins and uh, see if you like the perks. If you like the perks, join our universe and uh, we really appreciate Thanks it. Thanks so much to, the, we, as of this morning, we have 200 patrons. Yeah. And I'm super thankful to every one of you. Hope that you were enjoying your perks. And please let us know, um, listeners of the podcast, whether you sign up for Patreon or not, let us know what kind of perks you might want to see that we're not offering that might entice you to sign up uh, or what kinds of bonus content you might enjoy. I know somebody commented on the Facebook about 
us doing a commentary track while we watch a movie together. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and that's kind of bored into my brain. Mm, and yep. it sounds like a really fun idea. Yeah. Uh, so anything that you can think of that might help us make this a cooler thing and more worth your uh, your while, let us know. All right. And All now right. we now now <laughs> onto our regular scheduled yeah. podcast. Now you know <laughs> the rest of the story. <laughs> No, I was actually going to break that, uh, bring that up because I think that's a great idea. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So uh, anything like that, even that mm-hmm. you might want to other podcasts, one-offs we could do, let us know. Now we're going to go back to New York on our uh, road trip road today. Trip. On the road again. The most time-honored tradition of all: the road trip. Oh, the places you'll go. Are we there yet? No. Are we there yet? No. Are we there yet? No. Our part three of New York, and of course. Since we started, of course, since of course. we, since we, uh, <laughs> since we, uh, were doing an alphanumeric list in part two, people were like, whoa, wait a minute. What about big? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, Whoops. yeah, I don't really remember big being a New York movie, but yeah, it yes, is. It, it is. is. I didn't remember that. He, he starts off in Jersey. Uh, mm-hmm. but then when he gets big, um, they have to move, Billy moves him into like this shoddy apartment, like this basement apartment in Manhattan. And then after meeting, uh, uh, Robert Loja. Yeah. Uh, Robert Loja. Robert Loja. <laughs> uh, and, you know, tickling the ivories and stuff like that at FAO Schwartz, he becomes like this. Although, I mean, yes, it's a New York movie. Could have been Chicago just as easily. Uh, I mean, once he really starts. You know, getting promoted and he's in skyscrapers. He's got the big like loft apartment and stuff like that. I got all that in Chicago. I don't know. It, it, it feels like you'll say um, that that first night he spends alone in the hotel in New York formed the early basis of what I thought New York was. Well, mm. yeah, and probably rightfully so. At that point in time, probably <laughs> rightfully so. Yeah. Uh, but it was I was just young enough to be like oh, i don't know if i ever want to go there yep. certainly not by myself yep yeah oh, big's fantastic I mean, if if big ends up being tom hanks's most memorable role i don't think anyone would complain even him uh i don't think it will be um what do you think yeah, it is what I do think you think it is forrest so gump is I, unfortunately Ooh. forrest gump probably is and i and i would regret it if that were the case because i mean it, uh, i don't I don't know if it's his best but it's his most memorable i think or most iconic yeah most i guess so well known but um, he's but so his good. Best is, best is Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah, I would by agree. far. That's I the think. that's the most he's ever I think stretched as an actor is in Philadelphia. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> we always talk about how like he's always Tom Hanks in some way in his roles, mm-hmm. and he's there's very little Tom Hanks in the Philadelphia character. Yeah, I forget what his. What's funny name is. is how much chemistry he has with the redheaded kid who plays his friend. Oh yeah, Billy, in and the child actor that plays young Tom Hanks has almost no chemistry <laughs> yeah, with that kid. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Tom Hanks himself and that kid, you believe they've been friends for years. Uh, it's great movie i i've i've enjoyed it every time i've watched it it's been a while though probably since another, we send it another what did we send big? no we haven't sent big then it's been probably four or five years since i've seen we it. probably hmm. should send big though we probably should yeah let's um, wait till the movie small comes out yeah the movie small <laughs> we'll have a tent pole <laughs> or, or the notorious big part two movie that's right comes up. that's right um then uh another one that was brought up was gremlins 2 a new batch um, yeah the yeah. new batch um featuring one leonard malton yes featuring mm-hmm. one leonard malton and this was the movie that they made sort of as a spoof of the first gremlins where they brought up all the things that were ridiculous about the first movie and then just lampooned it in the second one however that movie is insane it is it, insane and it's weird i was going back and reading about it because 
the critics themselves, Ebert included, of course, Malton, and then, uh, you know, I even Siskel at the time, appreciated it for what it was, especially mm-hmm. all the move, the within movie references, the spoofing on sequels themselves and things like that. And it's interesting that, that we then have the key and peel skit that comes on later on where mm-hmm. he's like, just throw anything out there. Yeah. It's fine. Okay, I want a gremlin that's just electricity. You, you want it's just pure electricity? It's in the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is funny because it's making fun of how bonkers that movie was. Yeah. But that movie was bonkers by design and I think it's it's lost that reputation over the years at least for my generation. Yeah, I have, I don't I don't I I think I saw this fairly recently and i i was just like god this movie yeah, it's insane um they there is there is a part too it's funny because in the first gremlins there's this horrible story that phoebe cates tells about her dad getting stuck in a chimney or whatever yeah. and so then like in the second one she starts telling another sob story and they cut her yeah. off <laughs> um uh well, yeah, it's just something that was just completely out of place <laughs> in that movie, uh, her talking about that. Um, but, uh, yeah, Gremlins 2 has its charms, obviously, but God, what a, yeah, that movie is insane. That's a movie that, uh, not that we're advocating drugs, but if you were to find yourself on drugs, that would be the movie. To drugs! Yes. I'm on drugs! Yes. <laughs> and then, uh, another one that people brought up was Hackers. Oh, yeah. Uh, and uh, I haven't seen the movie since it came out, uh, but I do remember pre-stardom Angelina Jolie. Oh, yeah. I was in love with pre-stardom Angelina and Jolie. didn't she marry that dude? Isn't it Johnny Married Lee Miller? Married Johnny Lee Miller, yeah. yeah, for a little while. Yeah. Um, one of her three marriages? Because she was Billy Bob after that. And then Brad. And then Brad Pitt. Wow. Um, but yeah, be the fourth? Yeah. Her career. Right. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, I think that happened long ago. Um, I think she's going to marry an African country. But that's, that's terrible. You should cut that. It's that's, that's awful. <laughs> she's that she's going to she's going she's gonna, uh, gonna to come out with African child. <laughs> she's going <laughs> to. Let me break this down. I'm trying to make a joke about how she's adopted so many kids from Africa. Yeah. And am I out of line? I think that joke might be okay. <laughs> Barrett seems to agree. She's going to marry an African country. That's I don't think that's racist. No. <laughs> Either way, I'm really glad I said it now, watching Barrett giggle over here. Oh, man, I'm so but sorry. Angelina Jolie is, uh, it, it's, it, it's always interesting to me. She's only like, two years older than me she's yeah. Jer- exactly jeremy's age yeah um she's just been around for i mean she it, must have been but what, it, 18 but once she became a star there's something just completely like i don't know like just distant about her at mm. that point like she became sort of I, and not that maybe i mean she might be approachable and like friendly and all that but like her stardom became something else at that point when she's in Hackers, you see sort of a more real person, mm-hmm. I feel like, in that and everything. And she's, like, got this, you know, short pixie haircut yeah. and everything. And um, I fell in love with her then. And then yeah. just, like, later on, it was like, yeah, you're you're beautiful. But, man, you now seem very unattainable. Mm-hmm. Or not unattainable, but just, just like, unapproachable at this point. Yeah. Um, 
Speaking of beautiful actresses, one other one that we missed uh, that I love, I don't know how you guys feel about it, is Cloverfield. Oh, yeah, Cloverfield. Which has Lizzie Kaplan and <clears throat> the other guy, and then uh, T.J. Miller. <laughs> Who's uh, the main guy in that? Stahl, Stahl Aaron Stahl Davis, um, Nicholas Stahl. <laughs> you mean the main guy who's like... Uh, Michael Stahl David. Oh, Michael Stahl David. Yes. Oh. Well, the one that I remember also from there is Odette Eustman, who's yep. the who's the girl they're going after throughout the whole movie. Yeah, she's up in the skyscraper. She's yeah. Beth. Beth, yeah. gotta get to Beth. Yeah, there's a there's a point where they uh, they uh, run through the New York subway tunnels from Lower Manhattan all the way down to. <laughs> like central park central park yes yes yeah. absolutely yeah. as one does yeah because there's nothing going on it's one of those things that was a <laughs> by the way that was one of those um weird sinning moments because like i wanted to send the fact <laughs> that they were shooting this footage all the way through here and then it, they got to like central park in like two minutes or something like that but then you realize they're quote unquote cutting off the camera yep. which why who knows like yeah, the- <laughs> you know um but but, but this, is a, like, this is a super new york movie yeah it um, is um i i think this is the three movies that i think do found footage to the best effect recently chronicle cloverfield and the first paranormal activity mm-hmm. um and i think this is probably my favorite because it's so you know, until the very end, you don't see the monster until the very end. It's so, you know, close to the vest by nature, by by having the single camcorder in that. And you can't see what's on the sides and you can't you're mm-hmm. craning your neck and stuff like that. The action is believable enough. The acting is believable enough. I, I think it's very compelling. I think the first Cloverfield's fun. I, I said on Twitter the other day, I don't understand why nobody's taking the found footage and Naked and Afraid show and mashed them together into a horror series, right? Because that mm, show goes true. into the fucking middle of nowhere, right? Where, oh, yeah. like, they get a medic, and it's like a guy with no shoes yeah. is the <laughs> medic. And so why couldn't you just, like, have a fictional version of that? They go out into the middle of the jungle in Costa Rica or what have you, and they're never heard from again. And mm-hmm. we went out there, and we found the footage of both the cameraman who, when they started filming and the handheld footage the contestants make themselves. Yeah. And over time, we see some kind of boogie creature something hunt and pick them off. Well, I think that, why is it not already done? And everybody's naked. And yeah. everybody's naked. <laughs> and I would, be, I would be down with that. I and think, I'm just telling you, I think you could do it. No, I think, <clears throat> I think we should do it, actually. No, I agree. I actually, it. I was thinking about like calling the modern horrors guys and being like, hey, you should make this movie. Yeah. I know mm-hmm. you guys are making movies now and everything. Yeah. Just drop what you're doing. And do my stupid idea. Including yeah. your clothes. Right. <laughs> Actually, it would also be very cheap to make that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Wardrobe would be low cost, right? Found footage is cheap by design. That's why there are 18 paranormal activity movies. Mm-hmm. Well, and that was the thing. Don't, remember, Blair Witch Project came out, and I remember people talking about after that movie came out, there were so many imitators. And I was like, name, name one. Yeah, there weren't very many. I don't remember any imitators until around this era where there's Cloverfield and there was Quarantine Mm -hmm. and there was a couple others that came out. Then Paranormal Activity sort of Paranormal Activity sort of like really made it jump back up for a little bit. But um, it's it's a it's an idea that got overused just like anything else. uh, And it and um, and it sort of wore out its welcome. But uh, I love how it's done in Cloverfield, even though it is frustrating it is frustrating if you have a character who is willingly uh, turning on a camera at all times throughout all this madness. 
how there's never one time where that cameraman is brave enough to show what's going on. I know that you want to keep the monster secret and all that. I think that's a little overrated at times, especially when it's like, like, oh, you're about to see it. And the camera just starts like going crazy for yeah. no reason. Yeah. Like there's nothing going on in the no, area. That's true. The only way to, to, and I think they did a good job of setting up the HUD character, the TJ Miller characters being just a dumbass. Yeah. And to where, not everything, but a lot of the stuff that he would do, like, oh, I'm totally going to shoot this and keep shooting this, mm-hmm. or I'm going to run away right now instead of actually like getting footage of the monster. He's just such a dumbass that yeah. you would kind of believe he would do the wrong thing in that situation. Yeah, but um, yeah, I, I just think it's I, I think it's a really interesting movie. I loved all the stuff with J.J. Abrams uh, and Matt Reeves and everybody ahead of time. The buildup of mm-hmm. you know what is this all about? Where does this monster come from we never get an answer for it hey, in listen, the movie jj jj abrams takes a lot of shit including from us sometimes and I, I think some people consider him sort of an average director i don't i think he's mm. got some great films but one thing that he deserves credit for is his ability to create brilliant ideas and excellent marketing campaigns um because he created lost he created alias i, I mean it's, he's a multi-talented guy mm-hmm and we just want to pick on lens flares from the first Star Trek movie. It just <laughs> yeah, feels like yeah. we're watering down the talent of a guy who's clearly talented. Yep. Anyway, I'm in his corner. I like that dude. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, now we're back to our list. Uh we are gonna start with I Am Legend. Ooh. And um Jeremy Like. Yeah. Good movie. I am legend. Jeremy Like a lot. I wish they had maybe ten million more to make those creatures look a little <laughs> more realistic. <laughs> yeah. Because they get a little goofy. And I don't like it. Do you like the ending or you don't like the ending? I don't really give a shit. Yeah. I think arguing about the ending is more exhausting than anything else because it's an artistic choice. I think the ending they didn't use is the better ending. Um, but whatever. It, I'm more fascinated by the first hour and a half than I am how it ends anyway. It is interesting, though, how changing the ending from the original material essentially changes what the title should be. Yeah. Because the whole thing is about a whole bunch of, like, quote-unquote zombies who keep getting offed by this guy, and they're the actual normal society at this point. Like, that's mm-hmm. how the, how you how you know by the, by the end of it, he is legend because he's the guy who's been killing them the whole time. Yeah. They're, the, they're the normal, and he's not. And, uh, and so, like, by the end of this, this is like, you know, he's not legend anymore he's just a guy who's just been surviving this whole time yeah and trying to stay away from these creatures the whole time but that said who cares you know it's a it's a good it's a good movie good solid movie i just like the idea i just like the idea of what would you, what would you do i mean granted you've got the zombies and the hunting them at night thing but it's just all the real world shit that he does like going to the video store and then still returning his tapes, yeah. going a little crazy and talking to the mannequins. Um, like something Reddit pointed out to me just last week that I had never really noticed is that his apartment, his brownstone is filled with like famous art that he has stolen from the oh, art museum awesome. in New York, mm, like yeah. famous like Renoirs and, and, uh, <clears throat> The way he has Shrek memorized because he's seen it so many damn times. It's it's all those little touches that are fascinating to me. By the time we get to the end and it's all action, I'm way, way less interested. No, that's true. That's totally Um, true. But yeah, I dig. I dig on this movie hard. Yep. Um, This might have been, this could be the last 
huge Will Smith hit. It made a lot of money. It did, but I'm just trying to think of anything after this that came out because I believe it was we well, had Pursuit of Happiness may have came out after this. What about um, Hancock? Uh, Hancock came out around the same time. This is the era. I'm just saying the era that this is, this came out. This might be the last his last uh, hurrah because all those movies, Pursuit of Happiness, um, I Am Legend, and uh, what was the other one you just mentioned? Uh, Hancock. Hancock all came out in that same like 2007 2008 era, and then you had um, was, uh, Seven Pounds that came out. <laughs> Making a Seven Pounds is 2008. Yeah. So it was uh, Pursuit of Happiness was 06, I Am Legend 07, Hancock uh, and Seven Pounds, both 08. Then you get uh, Men in Black 3. Which was not a big deal. And then you got After Earth, which is just a a disaster. Yeah. And then you go into like the focus and concussion and all that later day stuff. Yeah, so he's he's not, that was sort of his swan song was really Hancock, I Mm -hmm. guess, was was sort of his swan song. And they've been talking about sequels to Hancock and that and all that forever and it's never going to happen but if they ever make it it's going to star mark Wahlberg now with his <laughs> peter berg connection <laughs> yeah it sure is well, i mean look at what everything would have changed if he had agreed to play django i'm telling you because his stuff coming up is aladdin remake bad boys for life mm-hmm. sequel bad boys 4 sequel bright 2 sequel suicide squad 2 sequel yeah uh, come on man, man. Uh, this aladdin thing <sighs> <laughs> i agree do you realize what he's gonna have to f- pull out performance wise to not get panned i think like, I, I think he's probably got it i don't think well he'll be i the problem think he with the movie. i th- well okay i think he's got it but i think it's one of those performances that even a great like mike trout doesn't hit a home run every time he comes to bat no uh, if he decides to do robin williams then that's going to be an epic disaster. Film. Yes, but if he, he if he puts his own thing on it, I think it'll be fine. I'm worried he's going to veer straight into that. Oh hell no, Will Smith <laughs> as the genie, and I don't think that's going to work oh, either. Oh, you think he'll go full Will Smith? Yes, I and gotcha. he can't go either direction. He's got a, and I do think he has this in him. I think yeah. he's got something unique and original that will elevate. But I'm just saying, we're because it's Robin Williams, because he's so recently taken from us, we're primed to hate whatever this is, just like we were with Heath Ledger's Joker. Yeah. Only that turned out great. Man, so maybe, I don't know. Anyway. I think everything's changed enough that Aladdin is enough in the rearview mirror. Yeah, that it won't matter. These these Disney full live action remake. Uh, movies have all gotten like you know they're all lavish they're all like well received mm. they'll do the same thing with this and it's going to be the same deal uh he i don't think he will do robin williams i don't think that's even a uh you know anything we should be scared of um it'll be a different kind of genie you know so let's see a different kind of genie by the way do, did we even we don't need to talk about it but uh, also another new york movie was the uh, 1998 godzilla Mm. Mm. <laughs> i saw somebody i follow on twitter i think it was a friend of mine say it's 1998 godzilla really that bad also, oh God, yes. you know how you you, <laughs> you see movies and you remember them as being bad and then you go back and it like it softens up a little bit mm-hmm. and it, you know, it's not it, there's maybe something not godzilla. No. not godzilla it gets actively worse it yeah. it's like how did i even make it through this entire well movie? and it's like they almost made no right decisions right no like, every yeah. every decision they made <laughs> was worse and they're like okay well let's put yeah let's put the finale in the 
basement of Madison Square Garden yep. or whatever it is. And yep. Put little Godzilla pods. There are a lot of places that Godzilla can hide in New York, you know. Yeah, man. <laughs> now, if anybody can go through the subway line from lower Manhattan to Central Park in two minutes, it's probably Godzilla. Yeah, I just would say so. out a little bit. Just because oh, yeah. he's, he's head yeah. to toe, he's already half the length of <laughs> right, that, isn't Right, it? Just one step. He's already made five stops. Um... <laughs> All right, then the next one we have on here is Inside Lewin Davis. Ooh. I did watch it again a little bit, not all the way. Don't like it still. Coen Brothers. Um, it's so fascinating to me. Coen Brothers and Paul Thomas Anderson are both like this because they're even their passionate fans have a couple of films where they're like, that one I don't like. Yeah, if this guy were, and I know that's probably the point, if Oscar Isaac's character was 10% more likable, Mm-hmm then I'm probably on board. Yeah. But it's just, he it, it just never, and it's not like, oh, I'm pushing you away because, like a, like a Daniel Day-Lewis and Phantom Thread because I'm a, a genius and I've never learned to love. No, he's just, he's just unlikable. And also, have you, have you figured out this ending, by the way? The, the time travel sliding doors-like ending? Well, I, I kind of assumed it was something like almost a Groundhog Day where he has to either keep trying until he gets it right or maybe this is his own personal hell yeah. where he has to repeat this cycle where you get some sort of hope and then you get it taken away from you and then you get some sort of assistance offered to you but then you you know you you push it away and all that stuff it is interesting to sort of think about well what if the cat is you know inside or whatever instead mm -hmm. of outside and that type of thing and like we also see something different about his character just before this movie actually starts where he's like any he just kind of a dick and he gets thrown like people was it when it goes back in time and he's playing on stage yeah he gets thrown out of that club he gets right? thrown yeah. out of the club and uh and and at first you're like oh what a sad sack but he actually was like drunk or something mm -hmm. on stage and was being a dick yeah and that's why he was thrown out and it sort of adds perspective and everything but yeah in between this whole that for this whole movie there's just not much going on that's my thing is that it seems kind of just there's a whole lot the, i love the musical thing with justin timberlake and adam driver oh, and everything. that's so good that's a fun part but like most of the, for the most part it seems like it's just kind of like it's very slowly moving in some uncertain direction for the most part is that fairly well song in the movie i forget the one that he did with uh, Mumford and Son. Well, I was just about to say, I still haven't seen this movie, but I sure do like that song on they play on XM radio. <laughs> the, the music in this in this movie is spectacular. Yeah, and it covers the gamut from folk to country to beat to like mm. it covers a lot between to jazz. The, between that and the whole potential of time travel that you hinted at i'd need to watch this movie oh even yeah if it's just kind of okay it's worth watching for sure because you know all the peripheral characters are very very good too uh it's just whether you can you'll probably have or you may have the same uh issue that you had with phantom thread and that you, i can't root for this character mm. and and I, I i know i should root for this character but I'm just not on board. I, I, this brings up a very interesting conversation. We'll probably have to have a whole podcast around it at some point. But I'm wondering if if a movie's goodness is hinged upon whether or not we like a character, and is that fair to the movie? Hmm. Uh, when we did, when we were talking about Goodfellas, I actually got two people on Facebook who said they did not like Goodfellas at all, mm -hmm. and mainly because. Henry Hill's a piece of shit, and Joe Pesci's character's a piece of shit, and all that. And I was like, I never really thought of that movie that way, though. I never once thought, oh, these guys are pieces of shit. 
I hate this movie, but to other people, it does ma- it matters the whole world to that movie. I don't know if it's fair. I think for us, it is the goodness of the movie. So for something like The Godfather, I think I mentioned a long time ago that Michael Corleone is irredeemable. He is the, one of the worst humans ever. He never does anything that's that's for anything other than himself. Mm-hmm. Um, but yet you root for the guy. Same thing with same thing. Polar opposite here, but uh, with uh, Jack Torrance in The Shining. Yeah, there's no reason for you to root for that guy. Like from the beginning, at least in the book. That's why Stephen King hates the movie. In the book, he's got a redemptive arc, and yeah. like like he used to be a good guy. It's the alcohol that's the problem. In the movie, he's evil from day one, yeah. basically. I watched that. Still did. 1990s Stephen King's It miniseries a couple mm-hmm. days ago. They were playing it on the Paramount Network. I haven't seen it in probably since 1991, maybe. Mm-hmm. I think Stephen King was exceptionally bullied as a child. <laughs> There's a lot of There's bullying. There's a lot of yeah. bullying in all the Stephen King And books. they're all like, they're all a little over the top. Even. Mm-hmm. Makes me feel bad for him. Mm-hmm. And uh, turned out all right. There's something I like about the way the miniseries jumps in time that we're not getting with the modern movie versions. Maybe the sequel will. I don't know. But the miniseries, we go back and forth from them as adults and them as kids. And the way that they use that time shift to tell the story is a different experience than the modern it. Uh, I found it fascinating. I spent goddamn six hours watching that shit. Basically, you watch the whole thing? Yeah. Wow. Anyway, um, there was also something else I was going to say about uh, this is a murky topic, what you're talking about, mm-hmm. the movie's goodness and the character's rootability. I've been doing this thing lately where I'm trying to intentionally force myself to watch, quote unquote, classics that I have never seen if I pass them on the channel. So the other day I watched Midway, mm-hmm. which has all mm-hmm. these famous actors yeah. in it and is an hour of boring military arguments and then an hour of Pacific battle. Mm-hmm. It's literally two movies in one. And uh, I think Roland Emmerich is making a remake of it. Oh, nice. <laughs> but yesterday I saw High Plains Drifter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I knew this to be a Clint Eastwood movie and directed by him. And the TV guide's giving it four stars. Not that those fuckers know what they're talking about. And I don't know if you've seen High Plains Drifter or seen it recently. Mm-hmm. But it opens with a few guys trying to kill him. And he kills them all. He goes outside and this town's lady starts yelling at her, yelling at him. He drags her into the stable and rapes her. Oh, mm. yeah. And then the rest of the movie, he's the anti-hero we're rooting for to help save this town and get his revenge on the bad guys. Mm-hmm. And I was like, maybe I'm just interpreting that scene wrong. And I went to Wikipedia and it's like he drags her into the stable and rapes her. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, like the like in the 70s or 80s, whenever that was made, I think it was the late 70s. Um, they were trying to establish this is a bad person who's about to do good things. But to establish that, they used rape. Yeah. yeah. They wouldn't do that today. Nope. And I found it very Hopefully hard not. to get into the movie because of that. And a lot of that has to do with the culture in which I was raised and the, the current climate and, and whatnot. But in that particular instance, the goodness of the movie, good or bad, was ultimately lost on me because of the badness of that character's action. You also can't underestimate how that type of scene played back then, too. Um, that was almost considered like good even back then. almost like a tough like guy that, thing like there was a sort of a rooting interest in guys getting that done oh, and because james bond did it james bond did it several times mm-hmm. especially in that one that i always I, all the bonds have now completely i know sean connery was in this one but the one where he just 
drags the nurse into the yeah into the like steam room or whatever and he's like you're just gonna deal with this and then Mm -hmm. and of course not only are you gonna deal with this but you're gonna like it too yeah like they're gonna turn that's the other thing is this chick has a couple of moans of pleasure in the middle of it and it really pissed me off Mm -hmm. yeah that they were trying because when he walks up the movie does not play it as 100 percent evil it's obviously not showing that he's a good guy they're trying to establish he's a, a jerk but they almost do it in this like glorifying light mm-hmm. it was i was troubled i couldn't i couldn't continue the movie yeah anyway i do think that's a an entire podcast worthy discussion yeah and it's murky as hell yeah my 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 closing thing on that is that i don't think goodfellas ever once makes heroes out of these people that are in the movie no nope. i agree i don't I think try to yeah no. i don't i don't I, henry hill is yeah he's very uh, uh selfish and everything like that i don't think once do they say you should be you should be like henry hill look at this guy right you know like and everything in his life tells you don't be like this. well and even breaking bad as much as we all rooted for walter almost all the way through from the get-go gilligan was saying he's not a good guy this is not a hero and so i think that has a lot to do with it because to me i felt like phantom thread was kind of not calling him a hero but certainly justifying him. justifying yeah. him yeah there's that tortured genius yes. type of thing and that's going where on. it un- unsettled me uh but you're right goodfellas never once makes you think these are good people uh, what is it is it uh is it uh, the fountainhead that has is it about the the guy who's got the uh who does the um architecture or whatever which which, which ayn rand is that, that i haven't read it i don't know there, i read this in it's high school yeah, i read this in high school uh before it became like alt-right literature controversial yeah but uh but like uh but that was another thing this guy's like a total dick i think his Mm. name's howard rourke or something like that he's a total dick but because he makes these uh uh awesome architectural designs and everything we're supposed to be like yeah man you're a tortured genius and i love you for it even despite the fact that you're just a cock yeah (laughs) (laughs) um then we have, hey, it's a wonderful life. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Switching it up a little bit. That's right. Is that New York? Mm-hmm. Is it New York State? Yeah, it's New York State. Oh, Bedford I was say, Falls. Bedford Falls is where <laughs> it Bedford is. Falls, yeah. But Bedford Falls is a fictional place, mm-hmm. right? Uh, but it's in New York. I love this movie. Yeah. This I is think, an all-timer. I Best think Christmas movie ever, or is it White Christmas It's up, well, oh, Jesus. Okay, you put you you put me on the spot today. It's the Muppet Christmas Carol. Mm-hmm. Um and I'll fight you. Um, <laughs> but this one's up there, and I try and watch it every year, and I think it has everything you want from a classic film, from a, a Jimmy Stewart film, from a Christmas film. Um, and, you know, I guess it's sort of doing its own kind of version of A Christmas Carol in the sense that Christmas Carol, you know, shows him at least for a while what the future is going to hold for him, and it changes his perspective on his current situation. It's a Wonderful Life shows you what would have happened if you never existed. Um which I think, you know, is a powerful lesson to to contemplate and not enough movies make you think that deeply about yourself. And Do you your feel like, is does this suffer from a Citizen Kane type of thing to where you make allowances for it, um, even though it is very dated? It's dated. It's, it's probably no less dated than Citizen Kane. Although- no, I wouldn't think so either. Uh, th- I can even think there are a couple of makeup jobs in the in It's a Wonderful Life that that feel off to me mm-hmm. um but i just i mean I, it's a different kind of it's movie a more emotional a lot impact more, hard, more to grab on to like citizen yeah citizen kane is uh, that, that dude's just really unlikable 
Oh, that's um, interesting. Yeah. No, I, I didn't want to put you on the spot. Just because it does look, even in its nice restored prints, it does look like a product of, what is it, 1946? Six. Yeah, so... Um, but it is awesome. But I'm also yeah. not sitting here trying to call it the best movie ever made. That's true. Which is sort of what we were discussing before right, right. with Citizen Kane. Um, I just find it super enjoyable, great performances. It's classic Jimmy Stewart. Classic. Classic. Yeah. And the way they build everything too is is can't you can't underestimate that too. Like they tell you the story of him, and you don't have any like really you don't have any idea. You're not putting in the back of your head like. If he doesn't do this, this is going to happen. It's just telling you very matter of fact, like this is some stuff you need to know about his life. And then once he uh, no longer exists and he goes through all these scenarios and everything that happened, this chain reaction of things that don't happen because he's not around, you know, his brother isn't a hero in the war because he didn't save him at the, you know, when he fell in the water. And, and mm. you know, the 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 man who uh, the the uh, drugstore man put in the bad pills or whatever, he's, you know, he's ostracized from the community and all that. Mm. There's just so many different things they think of in this once uh, once he once he sees this. And I don't I think I think it's one of those things that definitely um you definitely think about your own life because you can always say that about, you know, what if I didn't exist? Is there anything you may not even be able to figure out if there's anything that would, you know, be changed, but the world would be incredibly changed oh, if yeah. any of us had had it w- did not exist. Mm-hmm. All right, so my new thing, I don't know how long it'll last, will be to throw out uh double feature ideas for my future movie theater <laughs> and it would be it's a wonderful life and butterfly effect because <laughs> <laughs> nice. i do think they both sort of flirt with the same kind of themes mm-hmm. anyway yeah uh go. then we have uh, john wick both one and two <laughs> have we uh we've we've kind of uh the the bloom is a little bit off the roast on All these right. movies for so, us so uh, i just think i just think that society uh, uh, as a whole overrated this series Mm -hmm. i think it's fine i think the first one is super enjoyable um but it it's talked about in sentences like the raid movies yes and it it shouldn't be that's really all i have to say about that no you're right you're right i mean it's all action it's all there is no story here there's 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 a a catalyst there's a bunch of ass beating there's a Theon Greyjoy, and then there's yeah. some sort of, you know, impossible situation that he gets out of. He's injured. He's fine. And then same thing in the second one. And it's like, it's yeah, you can hang your hat on great action, but also if all it's going to be is action, don't compare it to the raid because the raid has better action. Well, yeah. And then that's the thing is that it, but it also gets a little, especially the sequel, gets a little into Fast and Furious territory. Like that mm. opening of the sequel, he gets hit in the knees with a car yeah. that's going like at least 30 some miles an hour. And he's fine. It's he's one of right. those uh, balletic type of uh, action scenes where like they're, they're all they're all still coming one by one. In, yeah. in this thing it's just, except it just looks cool how they stage it yeah you know he comes in and there's like a guy who comes into the screen he beats that guy's ass and then he <laughs> walks over here there's another guy who just happens to be there he beats that guy's ass and then it's like no it's know, clever like it's, how he goes down the catwalk at the club and all that stuff and he'll he'll shoot somebody and then he'll hold him onto the gun and like shoot a guy through the guy's head yeah no it. the action it's is clever the action is good in this yeah. and everything i i, I i'm i'm not i'm not poo-pooing john wick i i, th- I think those are 
do deserve some sort of uh of uh, accolades and everything i may not be as high on it as other people are but i'm i'm definitely i think they're above average and this is the type of action movie we should ask for oh sure yeah i think Um, if no one had seen it if it had flown under the radar and i watched it like Locke, mm -hmm. i would be singing from the rooftops about john wick Mm -hmm. it's it my position on it is largely reactive to what felt like a cultural like in unison like this is Excellent, great, perfect. No, well, uh, look what happened. It spawned Atomic Blonde, and uh, the Taraji P. Henson one, the Proud Mary, mm-hmm. uh, the one with Jennifer Gardner that's coming up, Popcorn, Peanut, uh, Peppermint. Peppermint. It's already, it's already come and gone, yeah, by the way. It came out. It well, the, a- then the sequel to John Wick, the <laughs> yeah. third John Wick, yep. the spinoff to John Wick they're going to give to a girl. Um, and and I don't think the first one is that great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The first one is very, very good on its own. A lot of people said the second one is actually better than the first one. I disagree. I was like, no. I like the first one more. I think that the second one kind of slips a little into excess in ways that the first one is tighter with. Yeah, and I don't need all that world building. I like the stuff you get with the hotel and all that stuff. It was very, very good with uh, Ian, uh, a Scottish man. Me and McShane. Ian McShane, McShane, all that stuff. I'm fine with that. I'm, I'm fine with not knowing everything there is to know about this universe. I just want a little bit of mystery. I also, it's hard for me to believe any movie that tells me that there are like. 50 active assassins in the world mm-hmm. i don't believe that that that's that it's only 50 or that there's that many that there's that many mm-hmm. oh i feel like there's there's probably more than that well how do you hire them i mean they're all over the world you gotta get shit done how do you think that guy in uh fucking uh in the uk got poisoned the, well those were spies well they're assassins too maybe they're spies who kill they weren't very good well that's true. It's they didn't accomplish it. Enough. It's obviously a world we don't know enough about, and I, I, I think that yes, that I mean, I don't I think, watched that Sylvester think, Stallone movie. I, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't think that there's a whole hotel where they can have some fucking like you know, peace treaty. Yeah, exactly. I don't think that, but I do think that there are that many. Probably, um, you know, it's. Uh, I just feel like we would be reading about more unexplained headshot killings. Nah, people disappear, man. I guess they're. I mean, maybe the assassins are just so good these days that every single kill looks like a natural death. That's right. And I guess right. I guess they'll explore more of that whole hotel thing in part three or something mm-hmm. because I think that's what they're going for. I think that's what they're heading towards. Because I'd like to know more about that. Actually, that whole you know safe place and how they can, you know the whole secret society and everything. Isn't it still? Uh, my John Wick too is not. I'm not as polished on it as I should be. But isn't it still kind of like a gentleman's agreement? Like there's no like, aren't they just kind of trusting each other? Like, well, there's rules for it. You're not supposed to, and that's why I they break them. And I think the breaking of the rules is supposed to uh, end up having you dead too. Yeah, yeah. You, right, right. If you were to, uh, you know, break them or whatever. By the way, uh, yes, Peppermint did come and go. It made thirty five million dollars, but the first John Wick made forty three. Hmm. So. Uh, any any kind john wick i remember when it came out wasn't a huge hit but it did get uh that following that's the reason why the sequel came out later mm-hmm. and it made a little bit more worldwide i think keanu reeves is more of a name uh, overseas don't forget larry fishburne oh yeah <clears throat> and larry fishburne. that's right larry fishburne um then we have kids 
1995, <laughs> yeah, ick kind of movie. Um, Harmony Korine, right? Yeah. Yeah, well, he wrote it, and it was Larry Clark who directed mm-hmm. it. Um, and, uh, yeah, kids is, um, uh, <laughs> it does make you feel bad. Um, it, it's, uh, it, it follows this one guy named Tully who who only has sex with virgins and like as you do when you're 14 yeah and uh and so like uh the the there's a whole plot thread where he's he's uh he's landed on his next uh you know virgin sacrifice if you will or mm-hmm. whatever uh and then um and then like you find out that Chloe Savini who is one one of the virgins that he's had sex with has AIDS and there's a whole race of the clock here where he's she's trying to stop him from this is not what the whole movie's about but like that's basically the plot thread mm-hmm. she's trying to find him before he has sex with this new girl and everything and of course they have a point too that's the only person she's ever had sex with meanwhile Rosario Dawson's character this is the introduction of Rosario it's Dawson her first movie, movie. yeah it? it's her first movie um apparently the uh the story behind how she got in this movie too is like one of those things where like you would probably never do this because it was like just some random like people or something came up to her and said do you want to be in a movie you know yeah. or some crap you know uh it, it was apparently just something like it wasn't official really mm-hmm. you know but Rosaria Dawson has like had all these sexual partners and like, you know, she's done anal several times, mm. all this other, and then she has, she's perfect clean of health, a bill of health. So they're like, you know, they're trying to make a point here. Yeah, yeah. One time is all it takes and whatever. But yeah, it goes through all these kids who are having parties and drinking and having doing drugs and having sex and, mm-hmm. and uh that's what the movie's about it is a you know, gross movie when you're watching like reruns of a sitcom you love or criminal minds or naked and afraid every now and then and there's like a two and a half minute commercial that shows like diseased dogs and like puppies missing feet and shit with sad music to make you donate mm-hmm. this movie is like watching that for two hours mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It doesn't show the finest part of our uh, our youth's existence. It's just, I mean, it's one of the most uncomfortable movies I've it ever really watched. Yeah. And that's saying something. <laughs> yeah. It really yeah. is. This was uh, NC-17 when it came out, right? I believe I think it, it was. was yeah. yeah. Yeah, I saw this at Belcourt when it came oh, out. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I was too young to see this uh, and really waited until my mid-twenties, I think, to see it for the mm-hmm. first time. Yeah. But it, it was the talk of high school. Yeah, it was one of those movies. Um, I, I haven't seen it since. Uh, but, um, yeah, at the end, there's like a real heavy-handed thing where the one, the, the I think it's the character named Casper, mm. uh, wakes up. And, and he was like, there's a whole scene where that's a, there's a rape in this one too, uh, where he wakes up and he's like, what happened? And it's basically just saying, what happened to the kids, man? Yeah. You know, yeah. and that's how the movie ends. Um, but yeah, it's kind of a Nicky movie. <laughs> uh, here's something like Kramer versus Kramer. Ah, I haven't oh. seen this one. Oh, really? I've seen it. It was a long time ago. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Uh, so this is Dustin Hoffman and Meryl Streep. Right? Yeah, and I'm it's a do- it's, go ahead. It's a divorce movie, but it's nothing like Simon and Simon the TV show. <laughs> it is not. <laughs> or Dag, me and Lacey they team up and fight crime. <laughs> <laughs> what this is is a beautifully acted piece of of moviedom. Uh, God, I love Dustin Hoffman. We're yeah. going to talk about him in just a second again. And yes, I know. It, although that. 
that news about him a long time ago kind of came up for a while, mm-hmm. like his sexual behavior and stuff like that, or jokes, not his sexual behavior, his jokes about it, mm-hmm. and uh, just kind of fell by the wayside. You know, I'm, I don't even want to comment on that, but he as an actor is just such a force, man. Mm-hmm. He's so, it, he makes it look effortless. Yeah. And this is just fucking dynamite. And when it goes up against Streep, who's really at the the height of her powers here, you know, talking, it's a divorce story and they're fighting over a kid, basically. Mm. And when they get the intensity, uh, you know, kind of uh, pulled up and there's a story about the background of this where like somebody smacks somebody or somebody says something really hurtful Mm -hmm. and they wanted more of it. I don't know which character it was. I'll look it up. Uh, But they really got to an intense spot and it really comes across on screen. Mm -hmm. Hoffman and Streep didn't like each other. I think there was something. That was another thing that that sort of came up in this is that they didn't they weren't they weren't uh, probably added to the movie. Yeah, probably did. But uh, like anti-chemistry. Yeah, (laughs) anti-chemistry. Yeah. Yeah, there was somebody that didn't like their method, the other person's method. Yeah. Well, Hoffman's method, isn't he? Yes, he is method. Yeah. And so I think she took upset. He meant method, lowercase m, but it it really is kind of capital M method for him. But yeah, I haven't seen it in forever. I think Robert Benton directed that. Mm. Um and I think it won Best Picture. It was Robert Benton, and it was and it won Best Picture. Yeah, mm. uh, Best Actor and Best Actress. Wow, the yeah. trifecta yep. and Best Director. Oh, the quadfecta and Best Writing. The quinfecta got yeah. it. Won everything. Did any other movies come out that year? <laughs> uh, yeah, weirdly enough, there were. Uh, that is crazy. Jesus Christ, that's pretty good. I Robert gotta... Benton got uh, got an award for uh, Best Director. And he was obviously a part of the the best picture, and he was the writer of that mm-hmm. too. Yeah, Jeez, he's got three Collect, Oscars from collected one movie. some more some awards that night. Yeah. Uh, then we have Leon the Professional. Leon. Well, there's another movie that's gotten a little ickier over time. Yeah, for sure. Ooh, all right. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. it was it was originally. I think the original script went farther with the natalie portman but that didn't really come out yeah but that didn't really come out until the last five ten years i think the internet helped get that out there yeah because this movie i watched and loved this movie for years and years and years before i ever heard a hint of that right and and knowing not only that but then the director's own personal rumors and truths and whatnot that i don't really want to speak about just kind of it complicates it for me. But I understand. I think I think the movie itself pulls its punch enough to where you can see the infatuation from the little girl side, which mm-hmm. feels but natural, never, but it never crosses that line I within agree. the movie. Yeah, I agree. So the, whoever edited or whoever made that line made sure that line wasn't did crossed. Good. Well, the my did well. my question is, I haven't seen European versions of this, but mm. I I one I, I I think that's maybe in the european version i don't know i don't want to watch I that know. i don't know i'll have to look it up um yeah uh other other than that ickiness that could have been in the movie what the movie is is a really good um it's a really good story yeah um and uh it's the 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 ending of this is one of the coolest uh action set pieces ever i yeah. agree yeah i agree um, and it's shit. probably worth <laughs> what what oh just shit. a simple shit yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> um, yeah yeah it's just great all the way through and and again almost everything natalie portman did when she was young showed she's gonna be a star mm-hmm. and she's you know come through on that i think yeah I except think so. for the star wars prequels which i watched it's not yeah. her fault did yeah, you see the trailer so for this new movie fault. she's in vox lux i haven't mm. seen the trailer does oh, it look good oh man um 
mm, I don't know about that. She's doing something new. And oh, this is where she's like a debutante or something like she's that. She's like right? a Lady Gaga type. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and it looks interesting enough that I'll probably watch it. Uh, she's she's dynamite. And I was kidding about the Star Wars. It, it, that's totally not her fault. She's come through on everything from Black Swan that we were talking about yeah. recently. Even even Jackie, uh, she's great in that. Jackie, closer. Like she's just he, she kills it. Uh, v for Vendetta. Like mm-hmm. yeah, she's she's fantastic. But uh, professional is also. Uh, this is Gary Oldman, man. When he mm. just went for it in everything, mm-hmm. he is so fucking crazy in this movie <laughs> yes and he's I, bad lieutenant basically he's bad lieutenant <laughs> exactly what he is and uh and it's funny it you could that that everyone <laughs> scene could just be could just be a, a parody thing or whatever but it it i don't know what it's funny to see also later just how many fucking cops are in the stairwell <laughs> he was so for every molecule of his being went into that everyone yeah yeah well, that's because he's desperate at that point right yeah. he's got to get that's this the guy only thing. Yep. it's kind of it's kind of crazy though that he he doesn't send people to the roof and like have them like you know crash into the window yeah. and stuff like that but because uh, he's just got them all sort of waiting in line, like, you know, a couple of, like, you know, target practice ducks or something. But uh, I love how that, how he, like, hides and, like, he's you got know. That he's, crazy thing. Yeah, he, he does all that. It's a really cool thing. But they, they have a good relationship. Like, he and, and her, like, it's a really good father-daughter type relationship all the way through. And this is still one of the movies that a sequel seems appropriate for and not something that would make me rage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. G- Grown-up Matilda assassinating mm-hmm. on her own yeah taking some kid under her wing not having sex with them <laughs> <laughs> that's terrible she teams up with hannah <laughs> yeah i just think that would work man i think it would especially if you're gonna put out stuff like atomic blonde and peppermint and you're gonna have like ass-kicking female movies be all the rage give me the professional too i could yeah. give me the professional let yeah. Uh, so this is one of only two movies I think Luke Besson. Uh, I guess he did La Femme Nikita, right? Didn't he? Yep, he did. Uh, I mean that's fine, but it's this and Fifth Element for me, yeah. really. Uh, mm-hmm. Other than that, I I know he hasn't made a lot because he was waiting on Valerian for so long. But man, you saw so much potential in this dude, and then at least on in America, like it, he's he's fallen. Well, what flat. did he do? He did Fifth Element after this, right? Mm-hmm. And then after Fifth Element, he did that Messengers, that Joan of Arc yeah, movie. Yeah, Joan of Arc mm-hmm. movie. And then I don't know what was next after that, but it was forgettable. Um, and yeah. then eventually well, we got what? to he, he did not direct for a really long time. Oh, I he, know did, he did Lucy. Lucy. Yeah. He did Lucy. Well, I was about to get to Lucy, but like, uh, I it may have, I mean, it may have been that big of a gap between Messenger and Lucy yeah. before he directed it another movie, but I'm going to look it up real quick. He has um, a thing about ass-kicking women, doesn't he? He does. He does. Boy, that Lucy, uh, that Lucy, uh, that sucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a bad movie. That movie can totally wipe my ass. <laughs> Wouldn't you rather wipe my ass for me? Oh, I was did, just watching The Departed the other day. He did a movie called Angel A um, that came out in 2005, and then he did that uh, Arthur and the Invisibles cartoon. Oh. A movie called The Lady with Michelle Yeoh. The Lady. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> <My> Lady. <laughs> and then he did another movie called The Family, and then it was Lucy. Jesus. Um, well. So and then uh, then it was really and I remain movie. saying that he's made two and a half good movies. I agree yeah, that's that. <laughs> probably right. He's been a producer on a couple that have been decent, I think, but not you know not like 
all-time classic. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we have Look Who's Talking. Oh, man. You know, as a kid, <laughs> I love Look Who's Talking. Yeah, man. Kirstie Alley, John Travolta. John Travolta uh, with the, uh, the voices of Bruce Willis. Well, it was just Bruce Willis at mm-hmm. first. Mm-hmm. And then they did Look Who's Talking too. Yeah. And they also did Look Who's Talking Now with pets. Oh, that's right. Yeah. But Look mm-hmm. Who's Talking too had Bruce Willis and then I think Roseanne Barr. Oh, yeah. That's so um, but yeah, Look Who's Talking. Uh, let's put words in the baby's mouth, essentially. Basically. Man, I would... Have you seen this since, like, no. being a kid? It was fine when I was a kid, but I cannot imagine watching this movie now. I, I never saw it. I Fam- was- famously, John Travolta said that uh, Tarantino rescued him from movies like this. Yeah. Uh, like, this was... This represented kind of like the bottom of his career, even yeah. though he made a lot of money. Oh, yeah. Um, there's, he- a, there's an opening shot of... I- I don't know if I don't know if it's Travolta having sex with Kirstie. I don't think Travolta and Allie are together. In this. No, no. It's, it's, so. But there's a scene where I guess she's having sex with somebody, and there's like this whole open. It might be opening credits even of sperm going down her fallopian tube. That's hilarious. And it's so, to the Beach Boys, I get around, <laughs> and uh, and then so like yeah, the egg gets fertilized. Then it's like you know it's Bruce Willis's voice all the way through. Like you know, <laughs> yeah, because he comes out, he's he's birthed. He's like ah. Put me back in. Yeah, put, put me, me back, back in. in. And, and and like uh the there's this the scene where like I think it's Travolta takes him to some place and there's a a woman there who's well endowed and yep. he goes, "You know what I'm thinking about, buddy?" and he's like, hey, "Lunch." Yeah, that's right. You know, that type of thing. Um anyway, that movie is um <laughs> movie exists. Yeah, that movie exists. <laughs> Nothing's funnier <laughs> than big boobs. That's right. <laughs> you got gigantic jugs. I mean <laughs> I mean look at those I things. mean your boobs are huge. I mean I want to squeeze them. <laughs> Oh, excuse him. Uh, <laughs> those things like sugar ray lemon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, that's that was Krista Allen, by the way. That's in right. The elevator. That's yes, right. It was all-time softcore uh, actress. There. there you go. Uh, Madagascar. Uh, okay. Yeah. Not yeah. much to talk about. This. It's actually. It's not bad. This is the one I think with uh, Chris Rock is the zebra and like uh, yeah Ben Stiller is the lion and then David Schwimmer is the other one and zebra. They made, uh, Chris Rock is the zebra and they made a couple of sequels to this. The the first one I actually watched just recently with a bunch of kids. It's not bad. It's not bad at all. Is this Illumination or is this Fox? No, doing their own thing. This was DreamWorks. 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 Okay. Um, I was I was telling my wife the other day about Illumination because she was telling me, God, I love this woman. But she said, <laughs> I saw a preview for this new animated Grinch movie. Kind of looked good. And I was like, we're going to have to divorce now. <laughs> and I was telling her why I have no faith in Illumination rattling off movies. And I couldn't remember if Madagascar series was part of that or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I thought the first one was OK. Mm-hmm. And they yeah. did the same thing Illumination did with the Minions by giving the Penguins their own like whole movie. Oh, my God. I went to see that goddamn movie. Yeah. That it sh- was so fucking awful. That should have been good, right? Yes, should've because they're funny and small. They're doses. hilarious. They're very funny. You but, didn't see anything. <laughs> <laughs> but you give them your own movie. It, it was just, you could tell they stretched this premise to the very bare minimum, maximum of 75 minutes for yeah. a feature. And God, I mean, it was cold that's, and snowy in Chicago. A, I had to go somewhere. And that's a, that's is. a, you know, that's a, a, a real example of why you don't make movies, whole movies out of things that, you know, have that brief 
uh, this yeah. is why they made the wise because after Tropic Thunder, there was a lot of talk that they were going to give Tom Cruise's Les Grossman character yeah. his own movie. Oh yeah, no, and I no. think over time they've realized, wow, that would be a bad idea. He works best in like three scenes, yeah. and that's it. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Fuck your own face. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we don't negotiate with terrorists. <laughs> Everybody claps. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, then we have meet the parents, and uh, I guess meet the fuckers, and uh, there was a little fuckers and little fuckers also another dustin uh, hoffman movie yeah uh meet the parents is is okay yeah i think it's funny i've got a soft spot for these uh ben stiller movies that, the first uh, one's good yeah yeah i just uh, I, you know didn't need a sequel there's a uh, world is full of comedies that didn't need sequels no i mean and de niro man after analyze that comes out and then he and meet the uh d- 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 what's the meet second the one? Oh, meet the, meet the fuckers meet the fuckers which that's the one with barbara streisand and uh Dustin Dustin yeah. and then the little fuckers he does that whole like i am watching you like pointing at his, his eyeballs thing every single fucking time yeah and it's like i guess there's some geriatric person that's just gonna fall over laughing every oh time. he did it again yeah there it is i honestly think they get to a point in hollywood where they're like okay 200 million we're gonna make another one but nobody give a shit about it and we're just all gonna make bank and everyone will forget about it there you and go and that's what they do but yes i do like the there's a little there's the little things in the the first movie where he's a he's a nurse he's got a mm-hmm. weird name yeah but he's like he's happy with where he's at and he just wants to marry uh the the daughter mm-hmm. terry polo Ter- <laughs> is it terry polo it is yeah and she is not that much of a help no like she's she's a bad girlfriend once she gets to her parents she's yeah. just like and why uh, don't you just go along with everything that my crazy dad does yeah. or my crazy ex-boyfriend yeah, yeah, or my yeah. crazy ex-boyfriend is that's uh that's fucking owen wilson, Luke, owen wilson right yeah you um, made that <laughs> <laughs> i saw i saw that uh that saturday night live thing uh when they played the halloween uh collection or whatever this past weekend uh-huh. where they did the wes anderson uh like uh, halloween movie oh, I see that. and edward norton is playing owen wilson oh that's there. hilarious and he's got the voice and the nose and everything i gotta see that oh show. it's it's great it's fantastic yeah, that's awesome. I, I i vaguely remember uh seeing it trending at one point and i just never got around to seeing it but yeah. i saw it this is really good um then we have i never saw this uh, the meyerowitz stories god you need to watch this man this, this is, is netflix right yeah it's noah Baumbach. yeah uh who who's done some of the 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 funniest and you know most interesting stuff since kicking and screaming in 96 95 96 and he's he's on all cylinders with this like elizabeth marvel's fantastic dustin hoffman again is fantastic like ben stiller again is fantastic mm-hmm. and ben stiller day and fucking and adam sandler is just absolutely incredible. Yeah, I've heard this. nothing but good things about and, it. Because he plays a little bit of his own, like his his ragey, crazy self, but then he plays this super permissive parent to this uh, film school daughter uh, who keeps sending him his films, uh, her films, where she's like, she's completely naked and she's having sex with masks on and stuff like that. And he's like, oh, yeah, she could see she's got some good talent in there. And like the whole family gathers around. They're like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's pretty good right there. But, <laughs> uh, and then you've got Dustin Hoffman as this overbearing. I've met this guy who who is older, never got the recognition that he thought he deserved, but is always spouting his resume. Mm-hmm. And 
at the expense of his family. This is such a good movie. You guys should totally watch this movie. All right. I will at some point. You know how many movies people say that I gotta see? Good God, man. Yeah. Plus, (laughs) when I get home, I'm gonna have to watch Game Night again. Yeah. (laughs) Probably Social Network. Right. You've got to get all these other like (laughs) somebody was like uh, on Facebook said something like uh how have you not seen this movie or whatever? And I was like, and here I am watching the Newton boys again. What's going on with that? Um, then we have uh, mighty Aphrodite. We briefly touched on this when we were talking about bullets over Broadway, but we never really got into the movie. I have seen this. Hmm? Mira Sorvino won the Oscar for this. It's, it's a very, uh, Marissa Tomei win, wasn't it? Uh, like precocious woman standing out in an otherwise, fun but maybe not like great film yeah i don't i'll have to look up who she was up against that year but i'm uh, just saying this is a very very good performance but she she came and went as far as like her her her, the major part of her career came and went you know with this movie are we talking about my cousin Vinny? uh mira sorvino we're talking about mighty aphrodite yep And, and with marissa tomei you could have said the same thing until she had this kind of late period resurgence, although relatively late, starting with the wrestler and before the devil knows you're dead, and like doesn't Mira Sorvino have? Isn't there like a Weinstein story? Yes, mm. yes, she does. Okay, so that may have been a part of why her That's career. Interesting. Yeah, I, I think so because after she won the Oscar and everything, you didn't really see her much anymore. Mm-mm. You um, saw her in the. It wasn't she in the. Uh, the reunion movie romeo and michelle's yeah romeo michelle yeah came out the year after mm. um and i was i can't remember if, i think it was mimic that came out the same after that yeah. too um yeah she didn't show up very often yeah af- after that well she's she's terrific in this i mean she's like the happiest hooker that you've ever met in uh in manhattan I was going to say, have you seen Pretty Woman? Yeah, Julie exactly. Roberts is goddamn ecstatic all throughout that whole movie. Uh, that's like, true. She is happy to be living the street life. <laughs> um, yeah, Mira Sorvino won against, uh, so she was up against Joan Allen for Nixon, mm. uh, Kathleen Quinlan for Apollo 13, mm. Mayor, Mayor Winningham for Georgia, and Kate Winslet for Sense and Sensibility. Interesting. That's uh, the one that maybe should have won. Maybe, yeah. Um, Although I love Mira Sorvino in Mighty Aphrodite. That's the thing. Like, hers is a little bit showier, I guess. Yeah. Although Winslet probably does pull off a little bit harder of a performance. Uh, but uh, I, the Marissa Tomei win, I think, was always sort of controversial because Jack Palance was the one who announced it and everybody thought he wrote, read the wrong name. Of course, <laughs> you know what happens when the wrong name is read. Somebody yeah. comes up and says, no, no, <laughs> <laughs> it was not La La Land. That's what they would say. Um, but Mighty Aphrodite, as we said last week, is a great entry point. If you are still interested in getting into Woody Allen films, this is a very good entry point. It's very accessible. It shows a little bit of his whimsy quirks yeah, whimsy. And, 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 and whimsies and stuff like that. Dynamite performance from Mira Sorvino. And really a good performance by Woody Allen. Yeah. Do you want to fuck or not? <laughs> uh, then we have uh, Miracle on 34th Street. Ooh, another good one. This is which uh, I guess all of them take place in. Yep. I was going to say which one. <laughs> like it matters. They're all 34th you Street. Wanna, you want to make my wife angry? Tell her we're going to watch Miracle on 34th Street and then put in the colorized version. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. You're going to see her break some shit. Like, she is a purist through and through on this movie being the original black and white. Uh, so, yeah, I end up seeing it every year. It's, again, another classic. It's probably even less dated than some of the others because there's no attempt at real special effects here. No, no. I mean, it's just it's straightforward. It's 47, 1947. Yeah. Um, 
God, it's adorable. You ever been to that Macy's, by the way, on 34th Street? No, no. Oh, it's just, it's a magical spot. You've been there, right? I'm sure. Not in the Macy's, no. I've never walked in. Yeah, I mean, this this is where the Thanksgiving Day Parade ends. I mean, I've been in, on 34th Street, but I haven't been on... Did you experience a miracle? I did not. I did not. You want to know what's funny to me is that growing up, the way my parents explained Macy's and Gimbel's to me was with the JCPenney and Sears ah. analogy. Because... We did not. We lived in Indiana. Yep. We didn't. There were no Macy's anywhere around. No Macy's here either. At the mall, there was no Macy's. Now, there is. There at least was a Macy's at Rivergate here in Nashville. There's a Macy's now. Yeah. But back then, there wasn't. Yeah. Back then, it was like Kastner, not and Sears. And now, JCPenney and Sears are both basically coughing on ash as they die out the door, and Macy's is still everywhere. Okay. Hold on. So, to do the SAT analogy, Macy's to Gimbel's is as to. JC Penny to Sears or the other way around? Like what what is the the nice the higher end not, in the JC Well no, they end? were presented to me as the two titans of retail. Oh okay, I got you. Not not one better than the other. Right, right. I and I always used to make I don't know if this is true, but I used to make jokes as a, you know, as a kid, a teen that Gimbel's must have really gotten rocked by like this movie because I'd at least have heard of Macy's. Yeah, yeah, and I've yeah. never heard of a goddamn Gimbel's. Yeah, yeah, Macy's was always to me the the higher end store. That's why when Nashville got one um, it, it felt like we were really something, you know. Mm-hmm. And I, I actually kind of like, yeah, yeah. I, I got to tell you, I want nothing to do with going to that parade. Yeah, yeah, Houston. No we're very aware of your goddamn gimbals. <laughs> <laughs> um. Then we have my dinner with Andre. Um. Mm. Now this is either the most boring movie you've ever seen in your life, mm. or it is one of the most interesting movies you've ever seen in your life. Um. I. I, I I fall on the interesting just because it is it is a conversation that you would never ever hear like anywhere else probably it is the most sure. unique conversation that you can have um, but it's I don't know it, it's uh it's a uh, it would you call this documentary even <laughs> you know it's interesting no no because. And and I don't know the complete history of it. You probably know a little bit more of the history. Yeah. Uh, obviously, I think Wallace Shawn was was set up to have lines, and I, it almost feels like Andre Gregory is just riffing, like he's just going off of his personal philosophy because he's playing himself. Yeah. Um. And and he's just kind of, and 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 in that space, Wallace Shawn is responding to him and asking follow ups and stuff like that. And then it just moves. This whole conversation just moves in a different way is like Locke. Locke, again, similarly dialogue based, totally different, mm-hmm. you know, content wise. But it just you don't want to stop listening because everything is built on what he said before. And Gregory will go back and be like, it's what I was talking about when I mentioned, you know, uh, this this empathy and stuff like that. And you want to you want to I don't know. He's talking. Me, about, I want to hear that. He's talking about living a life that is probably alien to a lot of people. Mm. uh like going off into like uh i don't know where he goes where he what uh, he describes he goes off into the woods or yeah, something somewhere in the woods runs yeah. into the natives there and he like befriends them and and ha- you know they go out and have parties and they start talking about the philosophy of these natives and everything um that type of thing um uh just an interesting movie i would say it's one of those that you know you really it's another one you have to really be in the mood for mm-hmm you can't just go. I'm going to watch my dinner. This is on my list. I'm going to have to watch my dinner with no, Andre. No, true, but it's but it's pleasant too. It's yeah. not it's not knocking you over the head with it. Matter of fact, uh, Gregory presents it in a way to where it's very non-threatening. He's like, here here's what 
here's what I experienced. Mm. And he's almost smiling all the way through yeah. because he's living his best life at this point. Um, and who knows what happens after this? There is some uh, prescient uh, dialogue in this, though, too, talking about the news media mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, like how how that can be used as a weapon. You know, I don't know if it was used as a weapon, but like just, you know, he's talking about the, the dangers of the news media and everything, even back in 1981. Yeah. Um, you know what? Last week uh, I said that uh, when we were talking about Eyes Wide Shut that I really wanted to watch Eyes Wide Shut, and mm-hmm. I did yeah. that night. I really want to watch my dinner with Andre, and I think I'm going to watch yeah. it. <laughs> I did see my dinner with Hervé on HBO. Oh yeah, the Peter Dinklage. And you, movie. you did not like that, right? I liked his performance yeah. and Jamie Dornan's performance. Mm. Holy shit, he's actually Irish. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I swear to God, his Irish is so thick. I wasn't joking when I said I would watch Fifty Shades if every single one of his lines was in that thick Irish. Was it so Irish that you thought it was fake Irish? Yes. That's <laughs> why I googled. What is this guy's? I thought maybe he was British. Like, what is this guy's actual accent? Irish. Interesting. He's doing his. Uh, the movie's not very good. It doesn't know what it wants to be. But Peter Dinklage is fantastic in it. There's a, a Simpsons. Uh, I think it's so they're all in, in an arcade at the beginning of that one episode. I think it's the uh, the one where they uh, they Bart and Milhouse uh, drink the uh, sh- the squishy full of syrup. <laughs> All syrup and everything, but they started off in an arcade, and Martin is playing a, a My Dinner with Andre arcade game, <laughs> and the and right. the and the guy, and I can't remember what the line is, but it's something like turns the ordinary into the extraordinary or whatever, and he and Martin pushes the joystick to a thing that says "Tell me more," and he's like, "Tell me more." <laughs> <laughs> awesome. uh, oh, then man. we have network. Which is yeah. a I talk about prescient about the news media. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. Probably worth rewatching again just yeah. for that. I haven't uh, seen this in a while. Obviously famous for our mad, uh, mad as hell and all that stuff. Well, but. and his rise to stardom is based on a guy who tells it like it is. Mm hmm. And uh, and he becomes a reality TV star. And it also shows the effect of such a person on the public at large when they say stuff like. I want you to go out onto your to your ledges right now. I want you to all go out there and say I'm as mad as hell and I can't take this anymore. And um and they and you see the scene where like you know the camera just sort of like it first starts off with somebody coming out saying I'm mad as hell and I'm not taking this anymore and it's just like the whole like block is doing it. Um, but yeah, this movie is extraordinarily prescient mm-hmm. to, to what how TV would become. Uh, after this becomes a hit, they start entertaining even more radical ideas and everything, and like all in the name of ratings. Mm-hmm. And um, this is just this is just a overall excellent. Sidney Lumet again. Uh, Faye Dunaway is in this. Um, Ned Beatty has a great scene where he's at the end of the table, is like he's like telling telling the Peter Finch character, you know, like that big like I don't know if you know what I'm talking about, but there's like this long table. And Ned Beatty comes in. He's going to give uh, Peter Finch like this admonishing, basically. He's like, you have disturbed the uh, the way things are, Mr. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and they even parodied it in, um, uh, I think it's Better Call Saul. Uh, it was uh, it was uh, Bob Odenkirk doing it or something. I do remember that, yeah. Yeah, it's that. that <laughs> you have mingled with them. You know, you've meddled with this. I love that. I also love how uh, Clooney misquotes Network in um out of sight when he's in the trunk and he's like mad as hell i'm not gonna take him all your shit <laughs> <laughs> yeah 
then we have Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist. I love this movie. Whew. Have you you've seen this? Oh, right? Yeah, of this course. is this is right up your fucking alley. Oh, oh Jesus. man, it's it's now this is just fun all the way around. Okay, so it's uh it's not Lizzie Kaplan. It's uh who's the who's Nora? Uh, it's uh Cat Dennings. Cat Dennings, man. She's manic pixie dream girl, but like she's got an edge to her. She's more like uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead and Scott Pilgrim. Mm-hmm. Like she's not going to take any shit. Mm-hmm. Just referenced um, another another Michael Sarah movie. Yeah. 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 Okay. Just I'm well, make sure you knew that. Well, Michael Sarah was the king of having that girl as his girlfriend. Exactly. Juno, Juno kind of is. He usually plays the, the more submissive character. Mm-hmm. Um, what would be traditionally the feminine character, mm-hmm. uh, the softer side and stuff like that. And it allows um, Kat Dennings to to assert herself over this. But, you know, it, it ends up with them bonding over what they call like musical soulmates, like yeah. uh, where, where they, they have the same taste in music. They have this weird serpentine journey around Brooklyn and southern Manhattan and stuff like that while she drops off her drunk ass friend and his friends are taking that drunk ass friend home, but they get derailed. And it's. Is, is whisper thin it's it there's not a whole lot of depth to it but those two performances are really good and the music is awesome yeah they're looking for a, a secret uh, uh like a band playing secret a secret show, show. Yeah, yeah and they go and and it's all these rumors about where it could possibly be yeah. i think they're they're using some early social media in that too yeah i think this was 2010 or something like that uh so. it was like 2007 2008 was it that early um but this is probably a couple this is a couple years after facebook had started to really become a thing and twitter had just become like started up um but uh, yeah they're looking for the secret show and everything and it's just you know it's it's almost like a road movie that just takes place all in one yeah. city yeah, yeah that's actually kind of deep <laughs> <laughs> it's over one night too yeah i like that yeah you should patent that i will patent that uh but no i i, I like nick and nora's infinite playlist great movie that's a perfect midnight movie when you're going to sleep to put on and just you're going to be perfectly fine as you go to sleep yeah then we uh we have nobody's fool we've talked about nobody's fool a few times that's mm-hmm. a great movie paul newman is great in it it's a now that's a it's kind of a simple movie too i mm-hmm. mean there's not really anything too terribly deep in this either but Paul Newman is so good in it. Yep. And um, yeah, it's just it's a character study. I mean, you know, you probably if you grew up in a small town, you probably know every one of these characters. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, Paul Newman's so fucking charming in this movie. He's, it's worth watching. He's an irascible bastard. though. He really is. Yeah. But he's like the, the best kind because, I mean, he's stealing the snow blower from bruce willis but bruce willis's character is an asshole so <laughs> you, you don't really hate him for doing that and, and anyway uh yeah i just love it i can't i can't tell you it's going to change your life but everyone's really good in it and it's it's one of the best late career performances i think anyone's ever had comfort mm-hmm. food movie essentially yes yeah. god you're on a roll today <laughs> you're patting all these straight that's right robert benton directed that too wow mm. What was the other one we talked about him doing? Kramer versus Kramer. Kramer versus Kramer. Mm-hmm. He also did that uh, uh, that Twilight movie that was not the Vampire Twilight. Yeah, yeah, the Reese Witherspoon yeah. Twilight. Yeah, <laughs> it has. Uh, it has. Uh, this is why we will never that's film right. the has, podcast. That's right. That's correct. But that's the that Twilight had Paul Newman and Gene Hackman and Susan Sarandon. I saw it once and thought it was kind of average. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's gotten, I think, a little bit of a following. But Benton is one of those directors that we never really talk about. But if you look at his filmography, it's mm-hmm. like, whoa, holy shit. Yeah. He's got a lot of good movies yeah. on that. Uh, no, no. Notorious. Is this notorious. the Notorious big movie? No. Yeah. No. Did you ever uh, see this? 
I did not. This was the movie that came out during my transition back from New York to Nashville. Ah, okay. Uh, so it I is, never saw uh, it. It's good. It's yeah. good. Uh, the guy who plays uh, uh, Chris Wallace, B.I.G., um, is Jamal Woolard. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Anthony Mackie actually plays Tupac Shakur, and he's really good in it, too. Oh, yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it basically shows, um, you know, how he came up, how he was hustling and stuff like that, uh, his, his background. I never, I, I don't know if it missed me generationally or what happened, but I never really got on board the Notorious B.I.G. Mm-hmm. or Tupac train. It's possible, considering that you were probably around 15, 16. I mean, I listened to N.W.A., I listened to Dre and Snoop and all mm-hmm. that stuff. Uh, going back and listening to it, now, I don't think he's one of the best rappers to ever lived. Uh, I think he's better than Tupac, uh, or I enjoy him more than Tupac. Uh, but going back and listening to it, he is much better than I than I remembered. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think he also had a great reputation for being able to improvise and everything. Like he was a rap battle king and yeah. all that type yeah. of thing. Um, but uh, it's it's a pretty good movie. Um, where would I'll you like? Um, straight out of Compton, would you say is way better? Or the just movie a, just a little better. Or? The movie is much better than uh, Notorious because okay. yes. I, I probably won't watch this movie because I'm not that interested in. B.I.G.'s mm-hmm. life or career, but I really like Straight Outta Compton. Me too. Um, so if you would have told me, yes, it's that good, then I would have jumped No, out. I don't. In my mind, it's not very good. Now, if you are a huge Notorious B.I.G. fan, you'll probably really enjoy this. Mm-hmm. You may have enjoyed All Eyes on Me if you're a big uh, Tupac fan. I was neither, so yeah. I'm good. Uh, then we have old school uh, movie that I would credit for bringing R-rated comedy back. Mm. Um, men behaving badly yes uh for sure um but uh this came out in 2003 uh there was sort of a dearth of r-rated comedies that everything was being uh, watered down to be pg-13 uh in this uh, period of time um and uh this came out was a was a big success and that's why uh you started seeing you know knocked up 40 year old virgin you had Wedding Crashers. You mm-hmm. had all these movies that came out, and you uh, established the uh, the frat pack, mm-hmm. the uh, Will Ferrell, Luke Wilson, Owen Wilson, Vince Vaughn crew, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Does it hold up, or is it a little too sexist? Old school. Yeah. Well, I mean, fraternities are sexist. Mm-hmm. So if you view it in that light, I guess girls wrestling in the basement of your fraternity is not sexist. They do seem happy. The girls do, but yeah. then again, is that really the point? That's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that the comedy of old school holds up fine. Yeah. I don't think uh, as a film it's misogynistic or anything. Um, it, it is just men behaving badly. Um, it's before Will Ferrell got to be too Will Ferrell. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's reined in Vince Vaughn because... You know, unreined in Vince Vaughn is not always good. Yeah, but he's still snappy. He's still like he everything. He, he says like twice as much dialogue as everybody within the same amount of time. Yeah. By the way, yet another relationship that you were like, how did this even start? How did this continue to the point where they're almost getting married? The Ellen Pompeo and oh, like yeah. her asshole boyfriend. Craig Kilborn. Yeah, Craig Kilborn. <laughs> you know. Yeah, no, I don't. It's, it's, it's one of your like maddening cliches because... Mm-hmm. There's nothing redeemable about this dude. Yeah. Like every time you see him, you know, he's he's putting somebody down or he's doing that and she's so 
good. Mm-hmm. You don't. It's, yeah. it's not believable. Yeah, yeah no. Exactly. But uh, also Jeremy Piven, almost sort of uh, flipping his PCU role. Jeez. He, goes, yep, he is. He goes He's from very the much fraternity prankster to the dean, basically. <laughs> uh, I I saw this movie about five six months ago. I laughed a lot. I think it's really funny. Oh, I've I've probably seen this movie. No joke, about 30, 35 times totally. Yeah, yeah, it's um, good stuff. And there's, I mean, there's the stuff at the end, which is totally unbelievable. But like, you know, them competing in the Olympics and Will Ferrell doing the rhythmic gymnastics. Yeah, and, you know, and then <laughs> fucking Vince Vaughn pulling himself up on the rings with a cigarette. Yeah, thing yeah. <laughs> it's um, just it's funny. Um, then the other guys. Uh, beautiful oh, movie. Yeah, another fun movie. The Adam McKay. Um. You have Mark Wahlberg and you have Will Ferrell mm-hmm. and uh, with cameos from The Rock and Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah, man. Uh, Just wrote yeah. an outtake with that in uh, recently. But yeah, I, we've talked about this a lot, but this is of those movies, the Adam McKay, Will Ferrell movies. This is the most underseen and underappreciated. Yeah, yeah. I would say so. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Uh, then we have Panic Room, David Fincher. Ooh. This is Fincher's only movie that's under two hours. Wow. Oh, it's a yeah. buck fifty-three. Yeah. Well, it is pretty thin on plot. Mm-hmm. Um, it isn't thin on David Fincher, like, showing off, though. It is basically the show-off show. It's basically, I'm going to take this camera everywhere it shouldn't go through this wall. You don't think I can go down a water pipe? I can do that. <laughs> you don't think I can go through the wall of a panic room? I can do that. Yeah. Uh, and it does get a little over the top mm-hmm. a little much but i find the movie itself pretty watchable yeah, i love this movie it's kind of, it is kind of strangely watchable even though i remember first time i watched it i wasn't I really wasn't impressed no i mean it's it's basically just a tense thriller yeah it's starring I, I really good I've, besides jerry leto really good people well i was i don't know i think i may have been expecting more than it was or whatever and so it since it didn't reach those expectations it wasn't good uh but i think i've since seen it uh and i'm like oh yeah this is pretty good actually um but there's a lot of good people in it you have jodie foster Kristen stewart in her first movie maybe one of her first movies uh dwight yoakam that's right uh, uh, forrest whitaker yeah mm-hmm. um that, that guy from fight club yeah, and that guy from fight club <laughs> that guy from fight club that guy from 30 seconds to mars was that, <laughs> <laughs> that guy from blade runner 30, yeah exactly um i like the use of color in this movie there's a lot of like blues and blacks and reds and stuff like that that you can tell are, are very intentional fincher does that in a uh, girl with the dragon tattoo uh martin's house uh, stellan skarsgård uh his house is lit up in this really bright yellow that, mm-hmm. that doesn't overwhelm the characters they pop like mm-hmm. the actual actors pop out but the background is is just pure yellow so he's got a very good use of colors of course it he was did all yellow <laughs> exactly. yes of course he did uh, that with all the 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 shady imagery with seven and stuff like that the oranges of social network and the the you know the 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 stuff at harvard anyway i I just like the way that he presents his film so you guys like panic room but you'd still put this probably low on his list though right i would put it above alien three but i would put it well sure um and above the buttons but buddy buttons i would put it above benjamin button um okay so it would so social network probably would be my number one. Zodiac, um, Zodiac is right up there. Uh, Fight Club, I'd put um, Panic Room right next to Gone Girl. I think. Mm, okay. Mm. So where's the game and all that? The game's up there too, like game. maybe three or four. All right. Yeah. 
the game's been playing. They've been playing the shit out of the game. Lately, I know, and I've been, of course, watching it. I put the game. I put Fight Club above the game because Fight Club is more rewatchable, but the game is so fucking good. What about uh, that Deborah Carr Unger girl? Yeah, I like her. She's like in one movie every eight years. Mm-hmm. What's the deal with that? I don't know. She's Canadian. That's got to be it. That's got to be it. They're on that weird eight-year yeah, calendar. That's that weird thing that they do. Uh, but no, like, uh, I, I think that maybe possibly uh, there's probably some sort of ageism, sexism thing going yeah. on with her. Yeah. She looks a little bit different from your average, like, you know, hot leading actress and everything, even though I really like her. Yeah, me too. Um, But... uh you know who knows she may she may like going on stage more than maybe the average actress you know maybe. who knows i don't know what definitely canadian is something that i would have to like uh have to look up uh, and see if there's something or maybe she's just been taking like shit roles and we haven't seen her yeah and, maybe um after that we have the place beyond the pines that's the ryan gosling movie that goes over three generations essentially i always get only god forgives and the place beyond the pines confused they yeah. came out right around the same time right so this is the one with bradley cooper yes, yes. and ava mendez yes this is weirdly watchable but it's still it's three movies in one yeah. and they don't really they don't really cohese <laughs> 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 that should be a word that should be a word i don't even know how to fix that i agree they should cohese they should cohese like mad i'm making up words but i'm still right yeah they don't gel quite the way i feel like the, is this yeah. a winding reffin that made this no, no it was uh, Derek clan france yeah okay, who, so. Ken france who uh who did uh was it blue valentine i believe yeah. so so those two guys both love working with ryan gosling yeah yeah and um uh but yeah it's a it's 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 told over many generations you basically have uh this guy and this other guy like uh hate each other and then they have kids and then they keep content they continue that whole rivalry all the way through you know who else is in this mahershala ali um, oh yeah mahershala ali, yeah. Mahershala ali. Mahershala yeah ali. dane dehan ben mendelson there's a big cast in i actually well i only watched it just because i actually probably thought it was only god forgives and i was trying to watch the movie by that guy who made drive um but i again i found it i found it watchable but it was like more like a uh, three episodes of an anthology yeah, show yeah, i agree um but should, anyway yeah it's an interesting better. movie um then there's i've never seen this please don't eat the daisies yeah, this is a doris day movie that's yeah. adorable okay i just wanted to mention it it takes place in a new york city apartment and it's got a song called please don't eat the daisies and it's it's delightful. All right. Daisies also are not they're not edible. They're not good. Not yeah, that's true. Well, that's, that's true. That's that where she's admonishing yeah. you to not. Yeah. You know, hon- honestly, I don't know how it became such a problem that they they had to ask nicely had for to make you a to whole s- song about it. There's <laughs> some context. Mm, that's right. Uh, then Darren Aronofsky's directorial debut, Pie. Pie. Mm. This movie is grungy indie man this is, is black and white cheap as hell but man th- there's a definite talent behind this camera yep man this and- is like i saw this at uh, in the theater um opening ish day i guess it was maybe at the bell court seems like it was at like nippers corner like an old theater or something mm-hmm. like that uh but i kind of had my mind blown no pun intended right um by the ideas in this mm-hmm. this movie because you don't know what is real necessarily. It's technically an unreliable narrator, mm-hmm. but he does something at the very end 
that makes you believe he believes totally yes. in whatever it is that uh, that his reality. No, I think this has been discussed before. The idea of somebody having this kind of this kind of knowledge and this many numbers running through their head it kind of makes them kind of crazy and mm-hmm. everything. I think a lot of this has been discussed about Bobby Fischer. Mm-hmm. Um, the idea that somebody who could have that many chess moves, which is one of those like one to the eighteen million power type, you know, mm-hmm. type of things or whatever. Like, uh, there's a there's something about that having all these kind of numbers in their head that just kind of makes them kind of crazy they look at they they're always considering all these different angles and everything and they can't focus on one thing but uh, the the editing of this movie sort of informs you of what the aronofsky style will be he's got he opens up almost every scene with that like wakes up takes pills drinks something you know whatever and it's like that boom 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 mm-hmm. and then it goes onto the scene I really like pie. Yeah, that's great. It probably would be a little bit hard to watch as far as like the sound. It it feels like a, like a student movie yeah, and stuff like yeah. that. Have you seen this? No. Uh, I saw Requiem for a Dream because it was the first larger release from the mm. guy who made pie that I had read about but never seen. Yeah, yeah. It's it's wild. I mean, the guy's like a super genius with the... It sounds so... I'm kind of ashamed I haven't seen it yet. It really... I mean, it really is. It's really fascinating to watch. Isn't, oh. isn't he trying to sort of come up with a sort of system for the stock market or something like that or right, something that's like at that. least discussed and then he tries to share that with his professor and his professor goes missing and things like that and it leads him to believe that there's like a, a greater conspiracy it sounds like what goodwill hunting started out as like a more government conspiracy right. based math genius thriller yeah yeah Interesting. Uh, but this also uh, that had uh, Mark Mar- Margolis in it uh, from uh, Breaking Bad and uh, Better Call Saul in it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, the Salamanca. Um, then we have uh, Phone Booth. Oh, uh, hey, do you like this movie? I do. I like this movie this a lot. Is a Joel, oh, my God. This is a Joel Schumacher movie. Um, it was originally going to be Jim Carrey and then I think Will Smith. Yep. In the then, booth? In yeah. the booth, yeah. It was supposed to be Jim Carrey, then it was Will Smith, and then it ended up being Colin Farrell. Uh, the idea of it is fun, though. Mm-hmm. Like uh, the idea that uh, someone's going to get called in a, on a payphone or whatever, and then and then you know you have to do what I say. You can't leave the booth, uh, and then you can't tell anybody what's going on, and then all the sort of conflict that comes up from from that type of thing. Because he wants to tell Forrest Whitaker, like, hey, this guy on the phone says. And he's like, I'm gonna kill, I'm gonna kill your wife, I'm gonna kill all these people. There's tense ass moments yeah. in this movie. Yeah. yeah. And it's all well the, the thing that doesn't ring true for me is that like he hates this guy because he's an agent. Like this guy, Colin Farrell, represents like the excess of wealth and lifestyle, like treading all over the common man, but he chooses like a sports agent or like a talent yeah. agent. And I'm is like, Is that all it was though? I, I forget the end of this movie, but I, I could have sworn that there like his actual motivations were different. Maybe from what all he was I saying. remember is I remember reading that Kiefer Sutherland wasn't the original. Oh, he wasn't original either. That they brought him in. I think they brought him in to redo all the audio, and then they shot another additional scene with him for the ending. But it wasn't him until the last minute. Oh, I think that's it was funny because he was doing about, 24 at this point. Well, that's yeah, the thing yeah. is it was proximity to the 24 set, I think, that led to him doing <laughs> that's it. That's what I'm saying. Like, I was about to say that like his his entire performance in this sounds like 
in between takes <laughs> of 24. The following yeah, takes following place. Take place. <laughs> yeah, he's like, the following takes place between 3 a.m. and 4 a.m. Anyway, I'm going to kill you, Colin. <laughs> 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 and, uh, what was it? Is it Katie Holmes is in this? Yep. And, uh, what's her name? Rada Mitchell? Uh, it is Rada Mitchell. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he's like cheated on her with Katie Holmes or yeah, something like or that. Or vice versa. One yeah, of the vice two. versa. Uh, but, uh, anyway, that's a, that's a, that's a fun movie. It that's, is a it's fun not, movie. It's nothing you're ever going to say is great or anything, but it's, it's fun. Uh, then there's Punchline, Tom Hanks, Ooh, Sally Field. Awesome. Good awesome. movie. Saw it once, but loved it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it, uh, it, it holds up too. I saw it fairly recently. Actually. Yeah, sort of, uh, sort of uh, delves into what uh, you know, up and coming stand up comics have to kind of go through and everything. Like the and, scene where Louis C.K. takes out, takes out his penis that, and jerks off. Yeah, on exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, you want to see something very similar? I recommended this a long time ago. The marvelous Mrs. Maisel mm-hmm. on uh, Amazon. It's a lot of like similar stuff to where huh. uh, Sally Field has to go through because Sally Field, I think, is a housewife. Yeah. If not that she has kids. Yeah, John yeah. Goodman is is her husband. Right. And the the same thing with uh, Mrs. Maisel, where she's a housewife, a kept woman, essentially. Mm-hmm. And but she's really funny and she has to have like an opportunity to actually get out there to get that validation and she's really good at it. And at the end of Punchline, it ends up being that, you know, Tom Hanks is the hot shit like can't miss prospect, but Sally Field is funnier than him. Yeah. Yeah. And and he ends up recognizing that um and it's it's just a very very funny movie very i, I movie. like also how they have there's a scene in punchline where she has a a joke the punchline is basically david berkowitz mm-hmm. and like other comics come to him another comic it might be tom hanks actually who's like it's like nobody knows who david berkowitz is you have you have to say son of sam you have to you have to it's like but you but people will know it's so you have to think about it and everything no no you you say son of sam and then people know what you're talking about it's funnier that way that's sort of those weird considerations that you have to make when you write things like that this Um, is the movie that funny people should have been similar to yeah i watched funny people again recently just to see if there's anything in there and there are little things in there but they, oh, they, they had just half a so script few when they and shot far. Oh my god, funny people so poorly executed. It's it so really crazy. Is. It's frustratingly so. It is because there is good shit in there. Yeah. There's really good one shit or two of those ABC plots, and it works. Hell, fine. just yeah. cut out the cancer. Yeah. <laughs> no, seriously. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, just cut it Find out. Find a way to to make that mechanism where well, they fall back it, in well, love yeah, or whatever. Like the whole the whole point of the cancer is that so she feels sorry for him mm-hmm. and comes back, and then he, his cancer's gone. Yeah. Right before that. Yeah. And, and she's like, he's like, he tells Seth Rogen, hey, "Don't tell her about the cancer." Blah blah blah. <laughs> <laughs> Your impression of Sandler should be animated. <laughs> 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 oh and of course, God. Seth Rogen does tell her. Like, he didn't want me to tell you before, and uh, you know his cancer's gone. Yeah, yeah. Just fucked up. Anyway, from that point forward, it's just like. Uh, then another Scorsese movie, Raging Bull. Did we talk about this? Jake Lamotta. We talked. We did. We. I think we were trying to, debating whether this was a New York movie. Yeah, because it's all over the place. Yeah, uh, but uh, uh, based on a, a real boxer and everything, and sort of the rise and fall, uh, the boxing scenes in this are still probably the best. They are that have ever been made because 
I believe uh, Scorsese went into the ring and said, basically, uh, I want it to be like the boxer that's in there with the camera. Oh, right. And yeah, everything. Yeah. So like all the like punches and stuff, or you're, you're actually feeling like sort of feeling that. And of course, there's that just, I mean, it's a gross shot, but it's a tremendous shot of that. Like after that bloody fight and everything, the camera goes along and shows the ropes where the blood's just dripping mm-hmm. off of it and everything. Oh my god, Raging Bull is great. Yeah. Um, it's a yeah, it's a it's a great movie. Uh, I've seen it once. It's it's very depressing. It's hard to watch it sometimes. Well, and he's also a bad. He's not a, a fun character. No, at he's all. another person that you don't want. You fuck my for. wife. Yeah. You fuck my wife. <laughs> um, uh, but it uh, actually starts off with him doing uh, comedy. He's, yeah. he's trying to be a stand up because there's a there's a point in his post career where he's trying to be like this club owner guy mm-hmm. and he's like all fat and stuff and, and, you know, and he's doing all these like horrible jokes on the stage. But of course, that plays well to the crowd that's coming in and yep. everything. Uh, but yeah, Raging Bull, really good. Then there is Rent, the uh, adaptation of the Broadway musical. It's so good. Everybody um, should watch it. Yeah, it's it's uh it's good. Uh, I've seen, of course, the uh, the uh, the one with Drew Lachey on <laughs> off Broadway. <laughs> I guess it actually was on Broadway at the time, but uh, but you know, not like on Broadway, like not one of those big theaters anyway. Uh, but uh, Rent's Rent is good. I haven't seen the movie in forever. This was uh, so this was uh, Chris Columbus who did this one. Chris Columbus, yeah, and it had uh, Anthony Rapp and uh, Dina Menzel or Adele Disney. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rosario and, uh, Dawson, Rosario Tracy Toms, Tay Diggs. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. So <clears throat> a lot of the the original cast, it deals with the AIDS crisis in the 90s and stuff like that, but it's got such great songs, yeah, man. The and music they deliver is great. It so great. Music yeah. is timeless in this. Uh, yeah, we've talked about Righteous Kill, horrible movie. Uh. They was like, hey, let's get Pacino and De Niro in a movie for once. And oh. it's it not just one scene. Let's make the whole movie. And by, and, and this way, it came, it came too late or they just rushed it. It, it. it just sucked. Or they rushed By it. the way, I've been watching this Haunting of Hill House, uh, show that's on Netflix. Oh, I've heard good things. Carla Gugino will never age. Yeah. yeah she a is weird still thing. as smoking fucking hot mm-hmm. now as she was in Son in Law. Yeah. Oh, in man. a different way, but like in Righteous Kill. Mm-hmm. Amazing. And of course, she's dating man. fucking Robert De Niro yeah. for whatever in reason. In an alternate but- universe, that Karen Sisko show with her, that ah. was a spinoff from Out of Sight, uh-huh. went on for eight seasons. Yeah. I don't know if you ever saw it. But yeah, she no, I did. I, tell you, I watched the pilot. Fucking awesome in that God, she She's talented. She is gorgeous. She's, she's an all-timer. It's almost like she's getting more beautiful, because in that Hill House show, like she is absolutely on fire. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yeah. Um, then we have Rosemary's Baby. I recently saw this. Ooh, I uh, did too. For the second time. What'd you uh, think? Oh, I love Rosemary's it's Baby. so fucking good. It's so good. <sighs> it's so, it's one of the slowest building, like, creepy movies ever. Mm-hmm. Like, you can watch the first 20, 30 minutes of this movie and leave the room and then be shocked to be told later that it's kind of a horror movie. Yeah. Because yeah. it's really, at the beginning just feels like a new relationship, meet the neighbors, go over for dinner, things are a little weird, but I, yeah, it's so good. I don't know why other movies, and maybe it's just because this movie's older, I don't know. There's, there's definitely maybe some bias cooked in here, but that whole scene where... She's going to bed, and her husband, who is John Cassavetes, yeah. by the way, uh, is like, um, is like, ah, we're gonna have sex. We're, you know, this is our night. We can't miss it, and all that. And she's like, no, 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 no. But like, he he rapes her, yeah. and then like, 
And then there's this whole dream sequence mm-hmm. where we see all the satanic rituals and everything. And at a point where Mia Farrow is like, this is no dream. This is really happening. Yeah. It's so terrifying. Yep. I don't know. I don't know why it's more terrifying in this movie than any other dream sequence I've ever seen. Mainly it's because I think they've distinguished this is no dream. It is a, it is very dreamlike. And we're having this sort of like we're able to um, do it in this stylistic way. But the fact that it isn't and then she forgets about it the yeah. next morning. Yeah, I think there's creepy. an indication, too, that she's been slipped a Mickey or whatever oh, yeah. it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that she kind of realizes that because when she's going to I don't feel bad. I don't feel very well. I'm going to bed. Mm-hmm. And that indicates to the viewer and for all of his obviously personal faults, Robin Polanski is such a fucking genius at mm-hmm. this to where you're given cues and you you kind of understand what's going on. The whole the whole movie is like this where she's getting sicker and sicker as she's drinking this this uh, drink that the neighbor is making mm-hmm. for her and everything. And then she has that breakdown at the party and the party keeps coming over. Very reminiscent or I guess prescient of mother yeah. uh, later on when people just keep showing up to her, her apartment. She's feeling so terrible. And then all of a sudden it turns, baby kicks. Yeah. And then the movie takes a whole other hard left yep. turn. Yeah, yeah. Um, Rosemary's Baby is is fantastic. And, and when this is published, it'll be past Halloween, but... Uh, watch it it's uh it's it's worthwhile mm-hmm. um, had you seen it before or was i this had your not first time? no this was my first time what did you think i liked it yeah it's tense as you fuck, know me though, i don't right? dig on horror i i uh i was reading up on this when it came on the other day uh it's apparently one of the most faithful adaptations of a book ever made mm. um, like polanski like even wanted like even called the author and asked like what kind of this did they use can i can i need to find a way to get this and there were some things the guy had made up and he's like you can't get those things so like some (laughs) of of those things they couldn't get but like he wanted to do everything exact in there and there's maybe like a couple of changes wow (sighs) it's so good Uh, hail satan hail satan hail satan uh then there is the royal tannenbaums this is a wes anderson movie that came out after rushmore um do you guys like rose royal tannenbaums not as much as most wes anderson fans it's oh really it's one of those where gene hackman's really deliciously bad like del- not bad as a performance but he's a deliciously bad character mm-hmm. or whatever uh i don't know if i, I i've ever fallen on liking this movie. oh really I, I think rushmore might still be my favorite i would put rushmore moonrise kingdom and fantastic mr fox in the top three for me yeah yeah um, i love i love me all of those and movies. royal tannenbaums would be probably near the bottom really with life aquatic with and- life aquatic oh see this is this is up there for me although those brothers in india on the train i don't like that darjeeling limited see, i like go. that movie too yeah uh, mm-hmm. i think we can all agree in Lorange's honor that the life aquatic is a piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> we don't um, like it. But uh, no, I think this is very good. I think that it's it's got Ben Stiller's got a little room to shine. Gene Hackman, like you said, is really in uh in in peak mode. And then the whole weirdness with Gwyneth Paltrow and Luke Wilson, which is very weird. Yeah. Um, and uh, Angelica Houston is really good. Like there's there's just a lot 
to like it's a lot to take in and it's very new yorky but i i really it is it. a movie i haven't seen in forever though so i mean it could be something that i'll, I'll just have to revisit at some point but, it's worth and the music is great too but uh the a lot of stories came out about gene hackman on the set uh later on mm-hmm. about how how much of a surly bastard he was yeah like nobody liked him on set right? yeah, yeah yeah but uh i think a lot of people were like yeah he was a surly bastard but we liked working with him that <laughs> yeah. type of thing. uh rumble in the bronx which obviously wasn't really i mean it wasn't really new york i know nope. i think jackie chan i think this was uh didn't they film this in vancouver or something like that and well it was anti-bronx i can tell you that uh, yeah, it was i don't definitely know definitely not it. the bronx but like uh they I, I this is really only new york because of the american title yeah like it's none of this no, is it's, new york it's, it's a bad movie the acting is terrible in this the uh it's so dated but you can't deny those those fight scenes. Yeah, the uh, the fight scenes are great in it. I wouldn't yeah. call this movie bad. I, yeah, I, okay. <laughs> I think because of the fight scenes, it prevents the movie overall from being. I mean, bad. yeah. I mean, everything around it, sure. Yeah, okay, so so yeah. I mean, as like from a narrative, this is structure, the one that's got the ele- the 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 refrigerator, th- the warehouse fight, right? It's yeah. got the warehouse punched, fight, you know? but it's got the the subplot is like the kid in the wheelchair hiding the diamonds underneath his pillow and oh, shit yeah, like yeah. that. Like the the whole everything else, but it yeah. So it's hard to say it's a bad movie. Because the fight scenes are awesome, but everything that sets up the fight scenes is bad. I can see that. Uh, then we have. I'll still watch it anytime it's on. There's I, a couple decent fights in the tuxedo, but I'm not ready to call that movie good. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, then there's Sabrina. Uh, uh, oh. 1954, and I think the 1995 was too. The uh, I think this is all like Long Island and mm. stuff like that. Richie's. Uh, yeah, Richie's. Richie's. Uh, the you first, don't like this movie, the right? The first no. Sabrina had Audrey Hepburn, hum- Humphrey Bogart, and uh, William Holden. I think so. William Holden, and uh, and the '95 version is the exact same story. Essentially, it's this girl yeah. who's grown up that uh, one of the one of the socialites. William Holden plays it in the original, and then Greg Kinnear plays it in the '95 version. Um doesn't remember at first she's been gone to paris and everything and then she comes back and she's grown into this awesome flower or whatever in this one julia ormond julia ormond yeah yeah. (laughs) she's blossomed into this awesome awesome flower that's right don't eat the daisies Um, (laughs) but then uh uh so they start they start uh falling in love themselves the older the older rich guy runs all the companies and everything and this girl start uh, falling in love and it's sort of that's how the movie kind of goes. like bad santa kind of like bad santa kind of like yes. bad santa yeah <laughs> i would agree wholeheartedly <laughs> yep uh the, i i don't know i liked the 95 version i haven't seen it in i forever. remember being entertained yeah i haven't seen it in forever and i but i but i remember that was one of those movies i used to go into and watch on break back in 1995 okay so i saw it once in theaters i, I remember not liking it but my brain has actually filed it over with that other one he made with hearts in the title and Callista Flockhart, where he oh, met her random uh, hearts, random hearts, yeah. yeah. And I, I remember thinking that was trash. I don't think I liked it. Yeah, but that's okay. But yeah, Harrison Ford, Julia Ormond, Greg Kinnear in the uh, the remake, and there was some there was some fun stuff in it. Julia yes. Ormond was way better in Smilla's Sense of Snow. Yeah, she was. I agree. <laughs> I agree. And you know, you, all you Smilla Sense of Snow fans out there know what we're talking about. That's right. Uh, then. <laughs> 
then we have Sin of a Woman. Hooah! I know this thing's gotten parodied, but man, yeah, to death, good. but it's such a good it's movie. Good. He and uh, It's Chris O'Donnell, mm-hmm. and uh, Chris O'Donnell learns life from the blind Al Pacino. I've, I've seen this movie a lot, a lot, a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's he's affecting in it. like he, he plays a blind person very, very well, I assume. And he turns into the from this irascible bastard into a less irascible bastard. Uh, the scene where he's getting ready to uh, to to go visit the ex- escort is delightful. <laughs> he's like, you know, he's checking his stuff and everything. And Charlie's like, you know, it smell good. And he's like, uh, put a burgundy tie on, Charlie. And he's like, yeah, real red. And he's like, no, it's burgundy, Charlie. It's burgundy. <laughs> and uh, then he comes back down after he's done his thing. And he says... What a beautiful woman! <laughs> is, it, is the is the is the girl he dances with Gabrielle Anwar? Oh, yes. sounds oh, like. Oh boy, do I love me some Gabrielle Anwar? I, me too. And the, she's one of those weird people that was when she was acting regularly. Mm-hmm. You could go to IMDb or Blockbuster. She was in probably twenty four movies yeah. over a five year period. Maybe two of them got a theatrical release. Mm-hmm. Right? Like she was. Good actress, really attractive, but it seemed like she was always in these direct-to-video movies. Yeah. And I don't yeah, think anybody knows who the fuck she is. Yeah. Oh, God, she is so gorgeous, uh, though. Yeah, man. Do you mind if we wait with you? And they sit down, and you know, he's like, Charlie's a hell of a dancer. And he gives him the dimensions and everything, and it's da-da-da-da, bum-bum-bum-bum. <laughs> and he's just, ha! You know, <laughs> yeah. it's fucking great. Uh, was this Martin Brest who directed this? I think so. You just wanted to say breasts. I did. I just obsessed with obsessed breasts. Obsessed with Louis Vuitton yeah, bras all over your breasts. Uh, <laughs> then we have School of Rock. This is a great movie. Oh yeah, Schneebly. Richard Linklater. Also now a uh, Broadway show. Yeah, or coming soon Broadway show. I don't like movies with kids that much. No. Kids suck. No, but you like this one. You don't. don't. You don't like this. No, one. I do like it. It, it eventually won my heart but like everybody was really into this movie mm-hmm. and i was like yeah all right but like i don't know it was a little too kitty for me mm. and I don't, at that point in my life i didn't like kids still don't really like kids but yeah um but it is adorable and it, it, it won my heart yeah mm. but mm. uh I, I like this premise the the you have a, a guy who's a substitute teacher and his friend k- takes the call and pretends to be that substitute teacher yeah. mr schneebly mr schneebly yeah sarah silverman is like the worst girlfriend in history yeah right yeah by the way that guy mike white mike white is on the current season of survivor oh really As a contestant it's survivor like underdogs versus or david's versus goliaths ah. and the way they've couched it is people who life never gave a break to and people who've been wildly successful but had parents who were successful huh so basically like one of these guys over here is like a a doctor who makes a ton of money but his dad had been a super wealthy doctor too hmm and so they're like it was an odd way to present anyway mike white is on the team of goliaths because i guess he's made movies and been a screenwriter that qualifies him as that's interesting it's not somebody who pulled him so i don't know um but uh on to secret window that's the johnny depp uh, is it john Turturro also mm-hmm. in it yeah it's really good it's a stephen king is it a stephen king in that yeah. yeah not the ninth gate no not no. the ninth is gate the devil there's, in this one there's uh, a no <laughs> There's a there, this movie apparently compares extremely. It's it's this almost the same as some other movie like it, where 
the I've never seen the secret window, but <laughs> I know the ending of it because people said it's like this other movie. Huh. And so like give uh, it to me. Uh, what now? This, uh, this other movie. <laughs> I'm trying to think of it. Oh, you don't know. Um, I thought you were hiding it intentionally. <laughs> no, no. Uh, and I'm I might be able to Google. Thought you were trying to avoid spoilers, and I was like, I want to know. I don't I'm, care if you spoil this. No, movie. No, I'll me. spoil the shit out of it. I just want to know. <laughs> like, uh, let me see what. I mean, 1408 identity hide and seek. Oh, identity 1408. These are all giving me ideas. <laughs> hide and seek. God, oh, that's that De Niro Dakota, Dakota Fanning. Fanning. I almost said Johnson. Yeah. Guess what, Dakota Fanning? There's a new Dakota I mean, in town. Sh- Shutter Island, maybe. No, mm. I mean, kind but of. Basically, um, I will probably be able to predict the end, though, it sounds like. Uh, I mean, the first time I saw it, I didn't. Um, and it's a little ham-handed, the way that they, they handle this reveal. But uh, Depp is he's charming in this in this thing. And uh, Torturo is menacing. And it's a nice little self-contained thriller. Okay. It's fine. All right. Yeah, I'll have to I'll have to look that up. But there's a there's a movie when this came out, people were like, "Oh, this is exactly like some other movie that had Stir the exact same in. twist twist to it and everything." Oh, it was Hollow Man. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, it was Hollow Man. You're right. Uh, then we have the Secret Life of Pets. That wasn't very good. No, yeah, well. it was a huge hit. A bunch of uh, New Yorkers leaving their windows open. Toy Story yeah. with pets. Yes. Yeah, pretty much. Fuck yes. off. Uh, then Serpico, <laughs> one of Al Pacino's uh, bigs, 1970s movies recently have seen this again how did it hold up uh i like it a lot better now like yeah. i used when i first watched this i didn't really like it this is another sydney lumet movie oh yeah um but uh i maybe it's because i read into the real guy a mm-hmm. little bit more while this movie was going on and just realized what kind of an uphill battle he had he's trying to clean up the nypd right? yes yeah. uh and there's even a yeah because there's nothing but corrupt cops mm-hmm. going and uh and so and he's the one guy who won't take money and the other cops start realizing he's the one who doesn't take money and and they're like well what about you not do anything but just take the money yeah and and <laughs> and, and, and and serpico's like no i'm not <laughs> going to do that but yeah, you know the, how to take the reservation. You just don't know how to hold the reservation. Yeah, exactly. Anyone Anybody can take, can take them. Uh, but uh, yeah, Serpico is really good. Uh, awesome. I saw Short Bus when I was in New York, and Ew. this movie is a just terrible. What is the premise of it? I know the the porn. whole it's porn. The whole thing is that they have actual sex in there, right? Yeah. Yes. But like, what what is the premise of the movie? Like, what? That's it. Porn. I believe um, sex it, in an apartment. Right. yeah um and and in all forms of sex too like just every single thing that you can think of i think is in is in is it, is, that's bad no it's not bad it's just that i can't believe that something about sex is this fucking boring oh it's boring yeah oh, okay this is a john cameron mitchell movie and he's he's like you know showing like hey this uh let's uh let's put all this sex up there that's exciting right that's daring and it's like yeah and it's boring it's that's crazy boring man there's <laughs> nothing to this movie it's you know it's it's like watch it's like somebody gave you like a trading pack of 1920 like you know uh peekaboo cards <laughs> <laughs> did they ever make any um dirty <laughs> slides for like the viewfinder that i had oh i had some kid? dirty ones yeah like really oh yeah you let me borrow them? uh yeah oh <laughs> uh, man i wonder where they would well, you they probably a, ended up something somewhere very say, embarrassing. You, you have a kid; you should probably find out where they're at. <laughs> but actually, you know what? They weren't. 
I don't think they were mine. I think they were a friend of mine's. Because otherwise, I'd be looking at that shit all the time. You, <laughs> I gotta, I gotta look at my zoo animals on my yeah. viewfinder. <laughs> no viewfinder at the table, son. Viewmaster, um, viewmaster, yeah, viewmaster. Um, but uh, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's just a boring movie. It doesn't have much to it. Yeah, you put in, you put in a whole bunch of real sex. Like, oh, they're really doing it. Oh my god! But eh, yeah. didn't make brown bunny any better. No, it sure didn't. <laughs> uh. I know you want to talk about some Sid and Nancy. I've yeah. never, I've never seen it. Sid and Nancy is is one of my favorite biopics, just because Gary Oldman just goes all the way into it. One of his first performances uh, about the Sex Pistols, uh, tangentially about the Sex Pistols, but more about like his road to ruin that ended up with the death of his girlfriend and the eventual death of him. This guy was a crazy motherfucker. Mm-hmm. So anyway, worth a watch. Um, I watched it and felt skeezy afterwards. Mm. It's no, yeah, it's mm. that's the yeah, yeah. That's and I never the, cared about the Sex Pistols, so oh really? Tough sell for me. I love me some Sex Pistols. They oh, only sure. released one album and then a couple of like kind of uh, live stuff and remixes and stuff like that. But remixes, like kind of tangential stuff. Mm. Yeah, they did like a Calvin Harris like remix. <laughs> <laughs> I am on Antichrist. <laughs> Um. Uh, then there's the Seven Year Itch. This is a Billy Wilder movie. Uh, Marilyn Monroe. I have mm-hmm. seen this because I do have a Marilyn Monroe thing. I'm telling you, I bet she's one of the original Manic Pixie Dream Girls. In yeah, this. yeah. Um, I, it's weird. It's almost annoying to have a Marilyn Monroe thing because it's she's you know she's one of those all timer everybody kind of does or whatever. Mm-hmm. But man, do I have a Marilyn Monroe thing? And so I've watched a lot of her movies. This one's about a guy who uh, is a, he's a faithful husband and his 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 family goes on vacation. It's just like knock knock. And like um, <laughs> and so like uh, Marilyn Monroe is like you just invoked a Keanu. <laughs> I did. I did. Uh, but yeah, uh, Marilyn Monroe, I can't remember if she's like sick. I think she's sick. She's or something. his downstairs neighbor, isn't she? Yeah. And she's like, takes pills or something like that. And like, uh, and he takes care of her and stuff like that. But then people start thinking that he's going down there to have sex with her and stuff like that, you know, as they do in the fifties. That's right. Uh, but, uh, no, this is a good movie. Good classic <sighs> could movie. She, could she ever act? She could never act, right? Uh, uh, <laughs> she was uh she was uh trained uh was she i don't know if she did method but um it was know. it was one of those all t- you know one of those if you heard the name you're like oh yeah acting legend coach or whatever and she did a lot of that stuff but man like it took if if anything if the um that maryland bio- biopic with michelle williams mm-hmm. uh is to be believed it took forever to get her to get the right performance and everything and she was very particular about a lot of things and so yeah i mean um, god bless her she had small shoulders not a lot of people know that yeah Mm -hmm. yeah exactly (laughs) as as wonder boys yes uh then there's the skeleton twins this is a good movie great movie yeah the skeleton Uh, twins good good good, very very good movie yeah 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 bill Hader, kristen wig um dramatizing it up whoosh yeah, they play, I, I know uh, you would love this movie. It's, I feel like I've never even heard of it. Yeah. One of them, one of them, or both of them, uh, tries to commit suicide by pills. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and they're twins, or they're brother and sister. I don't know if they're actual twins. I think they are. I think they're twins. Um, and it's it's about their road to recovery. And the interesting thing about this is that HBO greenlit Barry, 
based on the dramatic performance of Bill Hader oh, awesome. in this movie. So it's fairly recent. Uh, it uh, maybe 2013, 12 came out in 2014, and yes, they have they both coincidentally cheated death according to the IMDb. No, no. Hmm. Hmm. Um, okay, uh, but yeah, it's good. It's 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 more drama, but oh, yeah. there are there are funny moments in it too. I mean, you know, it's it's unexpected at, at this time, 2014, for those actors to be in something kind of heavy. But uh, there's there's some comedy in there. All right. Uh, then there's the switch. <laughs> oh, oh this is the turkey baster oh, this is the other turkey baster thing where you see she he gets okay uh-huh. his it's not the don't breathe turkey baster that's another turkey baster it's another turkey baster with semen in it he <laughs> yes well what is it why is there two movies with she turkey is trying to get pregnant they are friends jason bainman and jennifer aniston and and a drunken thing he fell up for turkey baster. I'm probably making this whole thing up. <laughs> but there's there's something where he accidentally impregnates her, not with his penis, with like some other method. And it turns out that her son or daughter eventually is discovered as being his, even though they didn't want that to happen. But then they all come to together is like a happy jason bateman so i'll eventually watch it yeah the the i never saw this movie but i had i remember the poster being up and the poster is like jennifer aniston looking like oh this is something shocking or whatever and then jason bateman's looking at this cup with something white in it (laughs) with this jason bait the jason bateman look ever (laughs) it's a sample cup okay so he's 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 drunk and uh, so he jerks off into the cup, spills it into the sink, replaces the sperm with his own, uh, something like that. So it's not a turkey baster, but it ends up in, in, her, in her hoo-ha. Yes. In her hoo-ha. That's good. Her Excellent. cha-cha. <laughs> uh, then there's uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Of course, all of those are in New York. I'm dressing uh, up as there... Casey Jones for uh, Man, Halloween. You're going to be Casey Jones. Um, is there any... Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It's good. No, I like the cartoons, but I oh, have yeah. to watch. Oh yeah, I was them a, a big Saturday morning Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles fan. Well, for sure that goddamn NES game isn't. Fuck. Oh, yeah. oh no, I like. The, hold on, the one with four. No, no, no. It's the arcade game that I really like. The one that with four players. Yeah. The arcade game is awesome. Yes. The NES game is the one where the, they electrocute you underwater. Yeah. And it's a side scroller, yeah. and it's maddening. Well, and there's also Battletoads, <laughs> which was also considered one of the most difficult games of all time. Huh. Don't know if that was the one you're thinking about, um, because I think both of those games were considered difficult. The yeah, TD, the TMNT on NES, and then Battletoads, which is considered one of the because Battletoads has a has a level where like you have to like like it would it, like the whatever's coming up blinks on the side of the screen and you have to jump over it before it gets there and it's like you're just like riding this like hoverboard thing or whatever mm. and so like it starts off like oh okay i can get through this and then it just starts getting faster and faster and shit and it's one of those considered one of those hardest games of all time um we mentioned taxi driver then there's the terminal yeah this uh, gets a bad rap but i like it isn't it it's a spielberg yep it's spielberg it's watchable but it's on the lower end of Spielberg, I think. I would think so, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, man gets stuck in an airport. Yeah. <laughs> Based on a real story, read the article about the real guy, probably just as charming. Yeah. Uh, then there's three men and a baby. Ugh. Yeah. This is at that look who's talking Number level. one hit of 1987, who Three made, Men and a Baby. Who made Steve Gutenberg a star? Leonard Nimoy. <laughs> we do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Who keeps aliens under wraps? We do. We do. Uh, Three Men and a Baby is one of those. It's it's a, it's for its time. 1987. Tom, uh, Selleck. Tom Selleck was the other one. Ted Tom Danson Selleck, Ted and, Danson, and Steve Gutenberg. Uh, babies left on the doorstep, and they take care of it. They don't know who's it and is. Tom Selleck and Ted Danson are both like top-line stars in su- super successful TV shows to this day. Yeah. Steve Gutenberg is no, no, he's not. There is a funny line in there where uh, Steve Gutenberg is, or they're standing around uh, with the baby has pooped or whatever, and Ted Danson's like, "I'll give you a thousand dollars if you change this diaper." Yeah, <laughs> I, I I like the part too where Selleck is reading to the baby, and it's a uh, it's a uh, like this really violent boxing story or whatever, <laughs> and he's like, and he's like, and then the boxer punched the other boxer's body until it was a bloody pole <laughs> doesn't matter what i'm reading it's the tone and um and uh that this may be more well known even though this rumor is old now too the uh of having a ghost on set and yeah, you can yeah. see it in the movie and of course it it spiked three men and a baby rentals after a while so people could see the ghost and i don't know how the fuck this rumor got started i don't know it's the stupidest fucking thing ever <laughs> yeah like no obviously not a ghost not a real thing that's behind that oh okay <laughs> then there's tower heist another ben stiller movie this is uh this Brett ratner this sucks it is uh, eddie, murphy. It's, eddie uh, murphy it's the return of eddie murphy yeah to, alan, to alan alda it sucks yeah um yeah they got the the uh <laughs> the uh the the supposedly benevolent benevolent rich man who owns this building is found out to be a dickhead he's actually gonna fire a whole bunch of people mm-hmm. uh so they decide they're going to steal his car that's in this penthouse or whatever yeah it yeah, should be a lot funnier wasted. matthew broderick should have should have been a should have been a slam dunk and it mm. yeah you know under the uh the uh you know the d- delicate care of brett ratner's that's hands right. is mm-hmm. probably why mm-hmm. it didn't trees lounge i did see this this is steve buscemi directing right yeah yeah this i haven't is a good seen movie. it in forever though i saw it once i liked it yeah it's a good movie i mean he he goes he's he i can't summarize the plot for this i can't come up with it i all i remember is it's very 90s it's steve buscemi is really the first time that i've seen him as a leading man mm-hmm. and really you don't see it again until boardwalk empire um he's more of like a like a character actor mm-hmm. um but it's it's really good it's a very simple story very 90s yeah I, it, th- that would be a movie that would seem new to me if i watched it now mm-hmm. because yeah. i haven't seen it since it came out uh vampire in brooklyn shitty eddie murphy vampire <laughs> movie yeah, it's uh, not very good vanilla sky um love this movie i do too but it is also the pivot point for cameron crowe's career mm-hmm. uh it's a remake of open your eyes uh which is a well-regarded movie i still haven't seen open your eyes yeah and my my mistake was watching the original before i saw vanilla sky and and vanilla sky i can see as really good but it, because it was not new to me um and coming second in line i'd like the first one better yeah. i'll tell you what man it was only i guess because of almost famous jason lee is so misplaced in this movie for mm-hmm. me at least at the time now he's kind of risen in stature to where you know he's kind of but at the time 2001 ish 2000 even i think almost famous in vanilla Sky, oh 2001 you're right 2001 um like at the time seeing tom cruise penelope cruz cameron diaz uh kurt, uh, russell. kurt russell like all these amazing actors and then jason lee as like his contemporary mm-hmm. yeah 
was like, are you serious? This dude was like skateboarding a yeah. couple of years ago. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Kevin Smith movies. Yeah. But, uh, oh, it's such a great movie. Uh, then we have The Verdict. This is just one of the best movies ever. Mm-hmm. Not not like, I don't know if top 10 or anything like that, but it's one of those. The reason why I say ever is because I don't think very many people bring up The Verdict as one of these type mm. of movies. Mm-mm. And it is. It, Paul Newman is great in this. Um, this is another Sidney Lumet movie, uh, and it's a courtroom drama, but man, uh, it's so good. So Paul Newman had one of the greatest careers start to finish of all time. Yeah, for sure. And bodies of work. Yeah. And philanthropic stuff. Yeah, dude, that guy left millions, tens and millions, tens and for, for years, decades, that shit's going to be helping Mm -hmm. people. Yeah. He seems like a, I really wish I could have met him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, wait until dark. I've never seen this. Audrey Hepburn movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've never seen this. It's a thriller. Yeah, yeah. talk about. She did. She took a lot more chances later on uh, as, as she went along that uh, I don't think she gets credit for. Mm-hmm. Uh, she talk about like you know the ideals of women in the fifties and the sixties. Marilyn Monroe had challenging as far as like an actress goes. Audrey Hepburn was willing to push herself a little bit more and had a lot more range, I think. Yeah. Uh, then we have Whiplash, obviously a great movie. We've talked about this before. Damien Chazelle sort of announcing himself to the world. This is an intense fucking movie. Doesn't, I could watch this movie every day. It doesn't have to be New York, though. Well, I mean, it's the... it's the it It is a real school in New York. It's not Brooklyn Academy but of Music. The, but what he shoots, none of that is... Like, he's not shooting these big cityscapes or these big... No, it's all neighborhood city. stuff. Yeah. 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 Like, he'll go down to his parents' house or to yeah. his, his dad's house, and they'll have that, like, pedantic conversation about he's not doing as much with his life. And then they'll go to the local movie theater. I love that relationship with him and Paul Reiser. Yeah. Where they'll sit and they'll eat popcorn and watch movies. Yeah. It's the only grasp of normalcy yeah. he has left in this world yeah and the fact that he runs into his dad on his way out of that final concert and it it gets him back yep. online is otherwise he's adrift yeah. he's fucked in he's that probably movie. gone forever yeah yeah whiplash is ending this is these movies are in no way similar but whiplash is ending is almost like 10 cups right like the yes the guy is is you know is gonna he's, he's fucked up now he's been purposefully fucked up but instead of giving up on the thing that he wants to do, he says, fuck it, I'm doing this, mm-hmm. and you're not going to stop me. Yeah. And the movie is super, the ending is one of the most super intense things you'll ever see in your life. Yeah, it's great. Uh, Wolf, terrible movie. <laughs> Jack oh, Nicholson, Michelle Pfeiffer, Mike Nichols directed this. <laughs> Run far, far away. Yeah, terrible movie. Awesome. Like he, There's a point where Jack Nicholson's peeing on the floor next to a guy at a urinal, and this guy's like, what are you doing? I'm marking my territory. Man, yeah. I accidentally watched this like about a year ago, and I was like, this is terrible. How did oh, this so actually... Bad. Like, make it to movies. This is a lot of good people. Yeah. I saw that, the movie, the same day I saw Maverick. Oh, yeah. Double feature. I think that's what... Did you see Wolf before Maverick? No, I saw Maverick first. Mm. (laughs) I think that's why I like Maverick a little bit. I like like Maverick. You don't like Maverick. No, I like Maverick. Oh, really? I don't hate it. Okay. I don't think it's great. Well, I don't think it's great. But it's fun. Yeah. It's crazy. I I saw both of those movies and probably at the same time because I was working at a movie theater. I can't, I don't think I saw them in the same day or anything, but I probably had the similar experience. That's hilarious. You guys were watching it the same day. (laughs) Uh, Then there's a Working Girl, another Mike Nichols movie, Working Girl. Uh, This is Sigourney Weaver, Harrison Ford, Melanie Griffith. 
I think uh, some early Alec Baldwin is in this. Uh, this has got to be early Kevin Spacey. I think it might be his first movie. Yeah, this is. I haven't watched it recently, but I did watch Mr. Mom recently, and this is probably a similar like product of their time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh my God, she's working. Oh and my she's God. Single. Yeah. And she's gonna make a career. It's yeah. like, you know, I and it's probably still relevant, unfortunately, today, but. Uh, Hopefully, it's a very dated movie. Yeah, it's got. I think it got a few nominations back in the day. Uh, then uh, our main list ends with "You've Got Mail." Let's talk about this for thirty minutes. Yeah, but it's the <laughs> uh, it's the remake of "Shop Around the Corner." Um, Maybe the most remarkable thing to me about this movie is that both Steve Zahn and Dave Chappelle are in it, <laughs> and they're both absolutely forgettable. Mm. Are they the bookshop employees? Well, Steve uh, Steve Zahn is the bookshop employee for Meg Ryan's character, uh-huh. and Dave Chappelle works for Tom Hanks at the Barnes and Noble wannabe oh, Fox Books place. But it, neither one of them are given any opportunity to be funny at all. In fact, no one in this movie is given an opportunity to be funny. It's just two and a half hours of people fucking emailing each other. <laughs> yeah, and he's an asshole, by the way. He totally lies to her for months and months and months and fucks with her. Anyway, I yeah. to watch and then again. by the end of it, when he reveals that he's the one sending the email, she's like, I kind of wanted it to be you. No, yeah. you fucking no, you didn't. <laughs> you fucking hate that guy. Yeah, uh, my wife, she's probably seen this a hundred times. <laughs> oh uh, the rundown, 16 blocks. That's a Bruce Willis action movie, which requires a number him to it. run through 16 blocks <laughs> to defeat evil i guess <laughs> yep, yep, yep. uh the 25th hour which is a spike lee movie that i very much like i don't know if you I still gotta see it man um, um it's one of the weirdest philip seymour hoffman performances i think yeah ever. yeah it is because he's, he's like, like uh, contemplating professor. fucking one of his students mm-hmm. and a pack one it's just weird yeah hmm. he actually does try it i think i think he does yeah. because he thinks that she she's he's misread some of yeah. her signals yeah and and then yeah, yeah. But then there's Barry Pepper, there's Rosario Dawson. Edward Norton is a guy who he's he, they found the drugs in his in his uh, apartment uh, and he's living with Rosario Dawson or whatever. So he's got a whole day or something before he goes to jail. And there's a lot of things that he wants to do in this day before he goes. So like hang out with his his friends that he hasn't hung out with in forever and like, you know, all these different things. Um and it even has a moment that's very much like do the right thing in it where Edward Norton gets in front of a mirror and and just like fuck all these people and fuck these people and fuck all these people and all <laughs> that you know um it's it come it came out uh, I, I think a year after 9/11 so hmm. there's even a part where Edward Norton's like fuck all you guys who are the hijackers of these airplanes and hmm. all that you know they he throws that in there too um uh it's a really good movie I'm, I can I can already tell some some people out there who might be wanting to write on Facebook and say this movie's terrible or whatever, but I I love it. Yeah, I gotta check it out. It's one of, it's one it's one of your better Spike Lee movies. Mm. Uh, the Apartment, great movie, great movie. This is Billy Wilder, Best yeah. Picture, 1960. Uh, it had Shirley MacLaine, Jack Lemmon. This is really good. This, this is, is on my stack of shame. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The Apartment. <laughs> I would I would suggest to both of you to watch this movie. All right. Uh, not I think the bare naked ladies song it is not <laughs> this is our own apartment be the old apartment uh this is something that is 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 so charming and good that uh that you guys will be raving about it the next time you see it all right uh then there's broadway danny rose it's a woody allen movie uh i don't know if i've ever seen this one I never saw it uh then there's city by the sea as de niro and uh 
was Franco in this? James Franco? Uh, it is Denira James Franco, yeah. Francis McDormand, and ne- uh, Eliza Dushku. I never saw this, though. I heard it was terrible, so I didn't see it. Uh, cruising, Al Pacino. Um, and this is a this is gay culture movie. Yeah, is he trying to like uh, break him up, or is he trying to experiment, or is he? I don't remember. What, what he's I've never to do. seen Cruising, um, but um, anyway, I've heard that's a good movie. All right, uh, but I've never seen it. The Company You Keep. That's a Shia LaBeouf, Robert Redford movie. Saw it. Boring. Yeah, boring. <laughs> eighth grade fantastic movie i can't wait for this to come out now it's out of theaters but as soon as it comes out on it is, it it? is on blu-ray can I i've actually got it can I buy yeah see uh but uh that's a great movie uh hyde park on hudson i've never seen this i, I remember when that came out though this is billy murray uh doing uh doing uh fdr oh yeah yeah oh, okay uh the inter- killed him billy murray like he's a yeah buddy billy you did <laughs> the interpreter which is the nicole kidman sean penn movie yeah, it happens at the United Nations and yeah, it's tensions ensue. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, King of New York. Is that Christopher Walken? Yeah. Did you ever see I this? I have seen this. I've seen a little part of this and I wanted to see it, but then I think it's terrible. Oh, mm. uh, yeah. I've never seen it. I don't know. I think this is one of Christopher Walken's, like, you know, it's almost a star mate. He was a star already, but he's like, like a drug kingpin, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. Uh, but I haven't seen it in forever. Then there is the always unpronounceable Synecdoche, New York. Yeah. Synecdoche, New York. Uh, which uh, is uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman. It's, uh, it's a, a Charlie Kaufman movie that's about five hours long. <laughs> um, and uh, he's it's Philip Seymour Hoffman wants to make this, this play. And uh, I think he's like a failed playwright or something like that. And and so he starts making it on his own or whatever finds a warehouse he starts getting actors and everything then everything inside this warehouse sort of takes on a life of its own like it's the play is not really anything that's a script anymore Mm -hmm. essentially everybody's sort of acting out real life inside this warehouse Mm -hmm. and then of course like because it's charlie kaufman there's like there's a point where inside this warehouse they're building another warehouse mm-hmm. to to like to have another like mini play within the play happening inside you know it's one of, it's a it, it's one of those movies that i will have to revisit at some point i hated this movie oh really I first watched yeah all that stuff i described sounds fun as shit right yeah, yeah. but like <laughs> like none of yeah. that scene like philip seymour hoffman's obviously great diane mm-hmm. weist is great in this um but it's just one of those it was one of those i was like god man this movie never ends does it it never <laughs> seems to like kind of move where it needs to go and and it feels pretentious and that type of thing but anyway i will revisit that movie at some point southpaw jake gyllenhaal boxing movie southpaw and then tomorrowland which is also not very good this tomorrowland is all, really only new york connection is that it's like the uh the um the world's fair yeah the 1964 world's fair that happens in queens the men in black world's fair yeah okay and uh and the you know the world of tomorrow is all that uh you know so what happens do they go through a portal or something i've never seen it no uh something like that man there's a pin you have yeah exactly (laughs) they get first they drink a coke and get on a rocket ship it's really not worth watching (laughs) no it's not good brad bird Clooney, and everybody just whiffed so much i'll give them all a pass i like them all brad bird man that should have been that should have been a slam dunk tomorrow land yeah yeah and there's some pretty good people in this 
I mean, uh, outside from that, I think uh, both uh, Keegan Michael Key and uh, Jordan Peele are in this. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and uh, House. Uh, oh yeah, Hugh Laurie, Hugh Laurie is in. Oh this. really? Yeah. What the hell? He's like the main guy. At, uh, so He's I should the not main, watch this. Main bad guy. I mean, you can if you want the cultural touchstone to make reference to. But, but you wouldn't I, recommend. I don't it though. think you're going to be happy you did when you're done. Gotcha. It's uh, just one of those movies. I, I, you know, it, it, the promise of it, you know, seems like it, it should be, it should be something amazing. Uh, Hugh Laurie, Britt uh, Robertson, uh, Tim McGraw, Catherine Hahn, Keegan Michael Key. Um, it may not be Jordan Peele. It may be Keegan Michael Key, and then Judy like, Greer is in there first. I think it might be just Keegan Michael Key, and then whoever is his like. There's a part where they go to a, like a store, and Keegan Michael Key is one of the guys. That's yeah, it. but then it's somebody else. Uh, anyway, we have gotten through New York. If we missed some shit, yeah, you know what? <laughs> I'm <laughs> deal I'm, with it. <laughs> I, I, at this point, deal with it because there's there's so many. <laughs> yes, we could we could probably somebody was like. We maybe should go through the TV shows, and I was like, "Fuck, we'll be uh, here for another two episodes, probably." Yeah, no, it, just sound off in the comments and let us know if we missed like your favorite. We'd be happy to talk about them in the comments. We've obviously seen a few more that maybe we didn't get to, but uh, I think we covered a lot of it. We love New York. Yep. Uh, so yeah, speaking of which, go to Syncast presented by Cinema Sins on Facebook. And uh, tell us what you thought of this very episode. You can go to SoundCloud. You can go to Reddit. You can go to the CinemaZen's Twitter. Uh, there are a lot of places to find us and com- uh, communicate with us. Anyway, that'll do it for this episode. It's Chris Atkins and Jeremy Scott and Barrett Shear. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Comment on our episodes on our SoundCloud page. Check us out on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Reddit. And be sure to visit CinemaSins.com. Leviticus is a fucked up book. It's fucked up. <laughs> well, uh, it's uh, Leviticus that has all the weird like laws. Uh, all if the laws. this, then this. Yeah, yeah like <laughs> and like that's the whole the whole one that uh, Martin Sheen does in the West Wing, right? Where he's talking about don't plant crops of different seeds next to each other. Yes, uh, don't. Um, when when your wife is menstruating, she has to be away. For, you know, like she a man can't cross her path or some yeah. crap like that. There's like a whole bunch of like these things that are, you know, that they group in with homosexuality. And this is the this is the, always the best argument to me against the uh, whole you know homosexuals are bad blah blah. blah. I was like, well, do you guys follow all these other laws that are right next to it? Is that how he used it in uh, West Wing? Yeah, because the uh, there was a woman who came in who was a part of like some religious coalition, and she was uh, anti-gay or something. She like that. She was basically a fictional Ann Coulter, um, uh. and he he tears her down. I like my Ann Coulter's fictional. By the way, <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's a it's a great scene though, because like it's like because uh, uh, it's like you're, you you came in here and you didn't and you're not standing. Everybody stands before the president of the United States, and then he goes yeah. through this whole thing, you know, like. It's like you don't you don't think that uh, homosexuals should be able to get married. Well, I'm going to tell you something else from the Bible. You know, goes through this whole thing. Leviticus, yeah. Man. Leviticus is that book they don't teach you when you're growing up. 
because they don't know how. Uh, yeah, no <laughs> kidding. Did you ever get like? Did you ever dive into Leviticus? No, most. I mean, there's a good section of that Old Testament that we just. It was like I remember Genesis and Exodus, and then it was like let's oh, leap yeah. over. <laughs> no, I. So the world is built. You like skip to Judges, basically. Just, right? Go straight to the New yeah. Testament. <laughs> I tell you what, I noticed that Social Network was on Stars Saturday night, and I watched it three times before noon on Sunday. <laughs> Jesus, I fucking love that movie. Although there is there is a mention in that script in the Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, where I'm like, man, you know, there's a scene in there that's completely unnecessary. It's like Elizabeth going to like a tech guy and having an argument and all that stuff, and I'm like. It's scenes like this that are completely unnecessary and it bloats the runtime because the runtime is like two hours and 38 minutes. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you know, why isn't Fincher editing himself like he normally does? And then I went back and looked at it and I was like, hold on, Fight Club was two and a half hours too? Mm. And so was Gone Girl? Mm. And fucking Zodiac was almost three hours? What the hell, Fincher? Like all of his fucking movies are like that. Yeah, I mean, actually, I think Social Network is... Pretty close to two hours. It's, it's one a, of the shorter ones. It's like two fifteen or something like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, and that's the one that could be used being longer. I saw. Yeah. What's funny yeah. is I had okay, so this is a perfect amount of time since I'd seen Social Network, probably four years or so, and so it was able to play almost like new again. I love when you that yeah, far nice. away from mm-hmm. a movie you know is good. Uh, and first and foremost, fucking Andrew Garfield. <sighs> He may be the best thing about this movie. He's great, yeah, he's man. He's great. And this is before Spider-Man, where I really fell in love with him. But he is so fucking good in this movie. You can see, you can see the raw edges of Timberlake's acting. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, uh, nerd dude is great. Uh, Jesse, Eisenberg. Jesse Eisenberg's great. Nerd dude. Nerd that was, dude. That was dismissive. Nerd. Uh, anyway, I, I so I'm like, okay, I can't remember how much of this is embellished like there's specific things i'm noticing in the movie that i'm like that this has to have happened for real and this has to have not happened for real um like the the crew race mm-hmm. that they lose by the way that that whole race is fucking fantastic because yeah. mm-hmm. he's playing that like techno like that's uh trent reznor and atticus ross yeah yeah well yeah but it's still it's a that's a melody yeah from something else is it really yeah yes it is. it's um, from classical music yeah or, it's a it's, i think it's a classical music thing that they've uh, i gotta i gotta it's like tchaikovsky or so, i don't know i'm talking uh-huh. out of my ass at that point but the tilt shift on that anyway that boat race is probably real i'm guessing that mm-hmm. that that result was probably real well, yeah those guys were actual yeah um they were olympian uh rowers right yeah and so and a lot of the stuff in the depositions i'm guessing is probably real since mm-hmm. that stuff is being taken down largely word for word but then there's a lot of scenes that seem embellished Anyway, I was going somewhere with this, and I've totally lost it because I'm just in love with this movie. Are you talking about Garfield? So I was Googling what's real, what's not, and I found an article that was like, the social network went from being a masterpiece, and now it already feels like dated fluff or something like that. And I was like, what the fuck? And I read through, and like two paragraphs in, I was like, I completely disagree with this. Mm -hmm. Like, this movie's excellent. But it's talking about basically how Facebook has not only grown so far beyond what it was when the movie came out in terms of size, but that has also has scandals. And then I guess it, because it's dated, it's no longer good. I don't even I don't, feel nah, like it was dated nah, nah, because nah. It, it just played like a period piece to yeah, me. Yeah. Um, if anyway. it had, if it had 
I don't know if it had done a whole bunch of Facebook ish things in there, like, you know, people getting on Facebook and we see the yeah, screens a million it's, it's times. It's about right. the background and it's yeah, about it's the about, conflict it, and all that. It's just like, it's just like, uh, it's a story about, uh, starting a business, just mm-hmm. like Ghostbusters is mm-hmm. essentially, um, where, you know, it doesn't matter what the thing is. Right. It's what happened behind the scenes. Well, and even some of my reading after I'd, binged it three times i saw a sorkin interview where he was talking about how he approached it and he was like you know it's a very modern setting but the tale is as old as they come it's just about friendships that break apart and betrayal and money and greed and um I knew I knew the name of either the song or the composer. In the hall of the mountain king. <laughs> yeah. Also, when you said, here's that scene, by the way, for some reason, I was certain you were about to play the West Wing scene oh. where the president goes off about Leviticus. And that's why I didn't hear. Oh. I thought that music was part of an ad or something. Yeah. Within, we, yeah, Barrett could name that tune in three notes. It's actually Edvard Greed. It's from Peer Ghent, which is the story of the, the kid that goes up into the hall of the mountain king. And is given a choice of whether he wants to stay and have all the riches in the world, or he has to leave and has nothing. Ah. 